lube up your ear pussies, folks. It's time for whatever episode number 22. That's right, folks. Uh, this week we're talking about Warcraft. Uh, we've got a Warcraft movie coming out soon. We've got a trailer to talk about. We've got new footage in the Japanese Force Awakens trailer. We've got new Star Trek. We've got new Harry Potter. We've got Arrow and Constantine and all kinds of Flash stuff and all kinds more. So let's get to it. get started with the weird oddball out guy uh the warcraft trailer not really weird i mean it's just not really we don't typically talk warcraft as much no you um, played you played wow at some point i'm going to again yeah yeah um i just need to uh convince the wife that uh dropping 50 bucks on the more most recent expansion is right. a good idea and then i'm, I'm gonna re-up my sub and start checking some stuff out um but yeah the last time i played was pre-warlords of draenor yeah, I actually don't think I've played since like um, Wrath of the like uh, Lich, like King, whatever. Um, if you can afford it, it's probably well. I think the basic starter pack comes with everything up through Mists of Pandaria now. So if you re- renew your subscription, I think it'll automatically up you. Oh, really? Yeah. If not, if not, you may have to drop twenty bucks on the starter set, which yeah. does go through Pandaria now. <laughs> um, and then the only other expense, I think, what they're trying to do is make it to where newcomers only have to buy the starter kit and then whatever the more recent expansion is. Yeah. So, uh, but that would get you cataclysm and expand and the, uh, whatever it is, uh, Mr. Pandaria. Yeah. Uh, how about Warcraft? Did you ever play the old RTS Warcraft? I did. Warcraft two was actually my first venture into the Warcraft mythos. Um, and then I got the Warcraft three. Well, no, I think I just bought, what was it? Reign of Chaos was that the first one of um, Warcraft three, and then maybe, the Frozen so. Throne was the expansion, which yep. delved more into the Arthas storyline. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny because going into this trailer and and you know reading about it, I heard a lot of you know like oh that's that guy doing that thing, and I can't remember any of it. Like when I was playing WoW, I wasn't really paying attention too much to the whole um, backstory because especially when you first start in WoW, there's just so much. Yeah, uh, that it's hard to pay attention to all that. And then the last time I played Warcraft, um, the games, uh, Warcraft two and three, and I played the original as well, but um, I was probably fifteen or something like that. So, um, I, I think you'd probably be surprised at how new the game is, like World of Warcraft is um, for new players now, because Cataclysm they kind of restructured a lot of the the starting points, things like that. So. Whereas from vanilla up through Lich King, like you're starting basic quests, like everything was the same. Like, and mm-hmm. it's like the same race has the same kind of basic things. Yeah, the the I remember doing that switching a couple of different times. Those the races and the classes even have all kind of similar quests to begin with, at least. Yeah, I remember when I first started playing, and this is probably true for you as well. Like, just the thought of hitting level forty so you could finally get your mount was both exciting. And terrifying at the same time because it was so expensive to get the training and the mount both. Yeah. It's not that way anymore. And you can actually get a mount at 20 now. So it's... Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's it's fun. I, I, I enjoy playing it. And then what I notice most about the trailer is I don't know that I can pick out specifically if they're going with a a storyline that's been told through game or if this is going to be something kind of new or if it's going to be maybe predates the world of Warcraft timeline. I don't mm-hmm. know. I haven't, I haven't really looked into it that much and I'm not 
it's been over a year since I played the game and I wasn't really like it's not a heroin addiction to me. I I can stop. L- you can quit when you want. I yeah. I can leave it anytime I need to and I do quite frequently because well, I have kids and whatnot, so. Yeah, and it, it, the Warcraft the game um uh, World of Warcraft especially is just such a time suck. Like yeah. if you want to level, I mean, just grind the grind. I don't know if it's still this way because it's been quite a few expansions since I played. But I mean, this is just sort of um, endemic of the genre. The grind through to you know the the so called end game when you know you're at probably a hundred now. Is it a hundred? This max? no, it's ninety still. Ninety. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's a hundred. I don't remember. Anyway, it 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 takes a long fucking time to get there. Um, so in you know raids these days some of the raids on there are ridiculously long so it is 100 100 because i have a level 90 and i still have a whole expansion to play through i really wish i had more time because i do enjoy the game and i like playing but it's just so much of a time commitment anymore that i can't really play it so but thoughts on the trailer um um i think it looks kind of cool um i'm i'm excited to to see it i mean I'll, i'll go see it not I mean, it's there's so many other cool things that have happened that that are happening this this coming year with movies and stuff. That, oh no, kidding! I mean, it's definitely not like the one that I'm clenching my butt cheeks for, so to speak. Yeah, but I'll go see it, and it's it looks really promising. I, I think the CGI work that they've done in it looks pretty, and I I hope that in ten years it doesn't look super dated. Oh no, kidding! See, I think actually that's the weaker part of the trailer for me. The CG in in uh, several places looks kind of uh, crappy. I mean, I don't know if we're looking at a finished product either, though. I mean, the yeah. movie really isn't out until mid twenty sixteen, so this is just our first kind of a peek at it. So, and yeah. they probably look for feedback. I hope so. Um, and some of the acting and it was a little shaky too. Although I am pleased with how the orcs turned out. Um, the orcs actually look pretty yeah. badass. So, um. I don't know. I'm going to put this on a pretty solid, you know, I'll go watch it at some point. Um, but I'm not expecting to be wowed by it. That was horrible. Um, anyway, I'm not expecting it to be like the new, like, oh my God, it's my favorite movie ever. Especially because from what I'm getting from the trailer, it does seem a little bit derivative of certain themes, you know, like the whole, like it is a little bit, you know, Fern Gully and the whole, like, we have to coexist and you know all that stuff which i mean the the story the source material is so what do you want but we kind of don't know who the big bad is at this yeah. point and we don't know if it's more orcs or if it's something worse and, and so we'll, we'll see how that plays out i mean so before we move into any of the other topics and we'll try and add some links to to this stuff too but uh i think it bears some conversation i just watched ant-man last night yeah oh yeah we we got to totally stick that in the notes and then today, I watched uh, Avengers Age of Ultron and Ant-Man back-to-back, just because last night we just watched Ant-Man because it's the one we hadn't seen, and today I kind of wanted to watch it in, in a little bit more of a research mode yeah. uh, methodology. Dude, so I texted you about this last night, and I and I told you that one of the things that I thought about the movie is that you'd kind of downplayed it when we talked about it before, um, and which I think was actually beneficial to my viewing because I wasn't really expecting much going in, Yeah, but... Man, I think I think Marvel really kind of knocked it out of the park with that movie. It wasn't, um, like it's up there in in probably my top four of the Marvel movies at this point. Um, because a they did such a good job making Michael Douglas look young in that intro scene from nineteen eighty nine or whatever it was. Like that could have been Gordon Gecko right there from yeah, Wall Street. I like that. Um. It was uh, the only other thing that springs to mind about that is Tron. Um, did you see Tron Legacy? I didn't. 
Okay, so in that movie, they had the same thing with uh, Jeff Bridges. So they de-aged Jeff Bridges. But to me, that was really, really uncanny valley territory. So I was a little bit more pleased with how it turned out in Ant-Man. Yeah, also really liked the inclusion of Howard Stark and uh, Agent Carter yeah, in that opening yeah. scene. That was pretty badass, too. I yeah, think. yeah. Uh, that that whole movie, though, just to me, was it was extremely well done. Uh, there was there was lots of cool things in it. I, did you watch Breaking Bad? No, no. I think I've asked you that before. Yeah, it's one of those like sort of black eyes on the whole nerd card because apparently like everybody is almost required to watch that show. I think, it's uh, dude, I think people that aren't nerds watch that show well, or true, did too. watch that show. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't know many people who haven't seen it, so you should you should definitely check it out, especially since it's on Netflix. And why yeah. not? Yeah, because uh, you have nothing but time, right? Yeah, yeah. actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fingers um, crossed I'm going to get laid off soon and get caught up on everything. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, what I, I, the, the piece that kind of rang true for me from like, from a breaking bad standpoint is, is uh, Paul Rudd's little crew that he had was very reminiscent of some of Jesse Pinkman's oh, associates yeah. that he had from the show. I have watched enough of breaking bad that I did get a little bit Badger of Badger and Skinny Pete and everybody, everybody. Yeah. Skinny Pete, Pete. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it, that that whole scene was uh, was kind of neat with his little piece together pawn shop band of a crew. Yeah, I thought that was really funny, actually, because I expected they were going to be total dildos and not be worth it to, at all to the story. And it turns out they were actually all pretty good. Uh, yeah, that uh, the Mexican guy. I don't remember his name. I can't he's so his hilarious name either. He's hilarious. Uh, Pena, Daniel, something Pena, I want to say. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, we can I can. Anyway, yeah, he he was like kind of the breakout in that story er, in that movie for me. Like, um, I really like Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd kind of plays the same character in basically every movie, but I really like that character, so it's fine. Um, Plus, but, he was a little bit out of his out of his sh- in, environment when when Ant Man, yeah, happened. I, it, it was he's not a superhero by any means. Yeah, I actually did like that about that movie is that uh, especially because of the um, sort of acting background Paul Rudd has, I wasn't expecting a lot from him as a superhero, but I thought he did a pretty fine job there. But yeah, Pena, um, I God, I hope that's his name. Otherwise, Michael Pena. Yeah, Michael Pena. There we go. Um, he, he was the real breakout for me. Like he's definitely, I thought, the funniest character in the movie. Yeah, um, his character was extremely funny but also at the same time like it served a purpose it wasn't he wasn't there just to provide comic relief he he kind of actually was the backbone of some of parts of the story yeah you know um so i i liked his character a lot i thought the uh cory stoll as uh as darren cross was a decent bad guy yeah the only thing that I didn't care for about his character is that I drew a lot of parallels between him and Obadiah Stane from the first Iron Man movie. They were essentially the same character. See, this is, a, I think, a common thing with the MCU. They There's been, like, one villain that anybody cares about, and that's Loki, and all the rest are just kind of throwaway. Like, they, oh, I disagree. Ultron was badass. Oh, uh, yeah. And we don't we don't know that Ultron's completely gone either. Yeah, I guess you got a point. Ultron's okay, but I mean, that's that's you know two, two out of how many movies we've done, um, right? How many different uh, bad guys we've seen in the movies, um, especially but, some of the more iconic I'd ones. I'd really like, like to see the Red Skull resurface, but uh, my understanding is that uh, Hugo Weaving's like dead. It's he's, dead to he's, me. He's not interested in any way, shape, or form. No, in fact, I would, if anything, I would call it anti-interest. Like, you think if they 
dangled Robert Downey Jr. money in front of him, he'd do it. See, I was just wondering, like, <laughs> how much artistic integrity do we have? Like, is there, there there's got to be a price in there somewhere. Yeah. But I don't think they care enough about the character or that storyline to go that route. So uh, what did you think of the fight scene between Ant-Man and the Falcon? Oh, that was pretty rad, too, especially because that was not something I was expecting at all. No, me neither. Um, so that I really like. The other thing I wanted to mention before I moved on from him, um, uh, Michael Pena, his character, whoever that is, I can't remember. Luis. 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 Um, so many parts of his character and some of the lines I thought were just complete bullshit, you know, throwaway lines. And then it turns out they actually have ramifications on the story, which is funny. Like when he's like. Uh, so I was talking to my cousin about that thing that she my said. My cousin that time. Ignacio. Yeah. Yeah. My cousin Ignacio, and he knows a guy who knows a girl who happened to be at a party with this other guy. And I'm not really much for reds. Like, I, yeah, I was yeah, assuming oh, yeah, this yeah. is just oh, like was a, that a wine tasting. Yeah. <laughs> and it like was mostly reds. You know, not like reds. Yeah. yeah. Like that part A was hilarious. Um, but B, it actually had some bearing on the story, which I liked. It wasn't just sort of a throwaway joke. Yeah. No, I thought that was really good. Um, the and I have to give my wife props on this too. The the fight scene between Ant Man and Falcon. Number one, as soon as I saw the overhead shot of the new Avengers campus, yeah, which is where basically Avengers two ended, yeah, I was like, it's the new campus. See, I didn't, um, I hadn't seen Ultron for some time, but uh, or actually, no, Ant Man was first, right? Yeah, no, no, Ant Man is the you okay? So Phase One Avengers was the final movie of Phase One, and yeah. Phase Two Avengers came out, and then Ant Man wrapped up phase two and then i think again in phase three it's going to be it's going to end with an avengers movie again gotcha so anyway i didn't connect that right away i mean i figured it out pretty quick obviously because you know falcon shows up but right um yeah i really like that um and uh, also because it helped establish all um fuck ant-man as like a decent hero like he's taken on an actual you know kind of handed anthony mackie his ass a little a bit a little bit if i were the falcon i'd have been like well i didn't just get my ass beat by some guy that we've never heard of before yeah um i think that's actually like almost a joke in the thing wasn't it like he's kind of like uh don't tell anybody about I, this. I so i have to give my wife credit on this because when that fight started and it really looked like it was going paul rudd's way she was like she said something about man he better not let the captain captain america find out about that <laughs> and then like the his closing line from that scene is uh don't tell steve or don't something. don't tell the captain about this yeah. <laughs> so she kind of called that one before it even happened which i mean that's just her personality. I mean, and, and getting the characters as well as she does, which um, I'm sorry if you don't have a wife that gets it that much, but it's pretty awesome when you do. So yeah. just saying. <laughs> um, so yeah, Corey Stoll. Uh, if yeah. you haven't seen Corey Stoll in anything else, you should go watch House of Cards because he was actually really good in that. Haven't watched House of Cards, actually. Um, House of Cards is pretty good. I've only seen the first, you know, season and a half or so. Um, and that's just another one that I haven't really had time to keep up on right now. But it's on Netflix. And if you have a Netflix subscription, you can go watch all of it right now. Anyway, that's where you've heard of Corey Stoll from before. And I think part of the reason he left House of Cards was to come do Ant-Man. And overall, he did fine in the movie. It's just that it, the the whole character to me... And there's just not a lot of depth to it, basically. He was also in the Born Legacy, apparently. Really? Yeah, with um, uh, Clinton Barton himself, Jeremy Renner. I do not remember that at all. But I haven't seen Born Legacy for quite a while. Legacy was good. I liked it. I did too, actually, for um, what I thought would be kind of a shitty movie because it looked like a well, we can't get 
Matt Damon to do another Bourne movie right now. So what it did for me is kind of lend credibility to Jeremy Renner in terms of being an action hero because yeah. we didn't see as much of Hawkeye in Thor as right. I was hoping to. I mean, obviously we got to see a lot of them in Avengers and stuff, but I think like did Legacy come out first? I thought it did. I, I, I think could so. be wrong. Actually, no. I think Avengers came out first. You could you could be completely right because I'm, I think I think that's primarily why I watched Legacy. You could be right. I could be wrong, also, but I think that that's how it went down. But anyway, um, even still, this is kind of a complaint about Hawkeye and why he got a lot more screen time in the second Avengers is because in the first one he didn't. Um, in the first one he was you know like a dumb guy that just got uh, used around and then fought. Uh, um, yeah, because he got the, he got the pen prick of doom. Yeah, fought Widow for like about ten seconds and then you know got to be in the cool fight at the end and that was pretty much it yeah yeah i think what i remember most about his character is the the being possessed by the villainous staff part of it was so forgettable to me in the first avengers movie that mostly what i remember is him running through the rubble of new york shooting things yeah um and being a badass actually toward the end of the first avengers movie i I really enjoyed that piece of it we didn't get to see a lot of it most of what i remember of him um is Kind of funny because it's Robert Downey Jr. saying clutch up legless, <laughs> which is like my favorite line in that whole movie. Yeah. Um, uh, d- he, dude, Downey Jr. is so made for that role. And I'm, I'm, I'm sad that it's coming to an end because it is. I mean, we can't fool ourselves he's for that like, long. He's uh, like Wolverine and, and Hugh Jackman. Like, So the, the, the powers that be at Marvel originally only wanted him to be involved in Civil War in a very small role. And they were only going to have him shoot for like three weeks rdj yeah that's kind of surprising and it wasn't going to be a very big payday for him and he bitched about it to get a bigger role um and a bigger paycheck and they almost wrote him out of the movie until kevin fage came in and was like no here's the deal civil war is going to branch out and it's going to allow us more storylines for more characters and more standalone movies and it's probably worth whatever we pay him to get that yeah you know um and so they ended up he he got another big back-end deal and my understanding is that some of the the producers on the Civil War movie have have said that what it costs to make this one movie, you most studios could make twenty movies for. Yeah, well, that so, doesn't surprise me because all of the Marvel movies are kind of big budget. Yeah, but I think um, obviously the Avengers movies being, you know, sort of an exception, like. I don't doubt that Thor was got a pretty decent sized budget, but I think whatever that is, the Avengers is probably close to double. Uh, but I think so, Civil War is going to be up there as far as like we've got a lot a of big, big name movie characters. For Marvel. This is basically Avengers three without it being the Avengers. Uh, the 3. Avengers, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, Captain America two, I think, was kind of like that too. Like it was well, it was mostly think, just Romanoff and and I think Steve, it's one of the but... more important movies to the whole MCU though. Like. I you kind of think have to it's see... my favorite. Like, yeah. if I had to pick one movie that stands above the rest of them, it's Winter Soldier, just because of how well it was done. Uh, was it the Russo brothers that directed that one as well? I think you might be right. And they're directing Civil War also, yeah. and I oh, think you Infinity are right. Infinity War. Right. Um, so I, I loved a lot of things about Winter Soldier, but one of the things that I really liked about it was that uh, the first, I wasn't sure how they were going to continue with the Captain America storyline. Um, because the first Captain America was kind of lackluster. And the thing that worked for the first Captain America to me was that it was a period piece for mm-hmm. the most part. So I wasn't really sure how they were going to deal with Captain in the um, modern, modern world. day. 
Um, but they did a really good job of it. And the other thing that I liked about it is that as much as it was a superhero movie, it didn't feel like a, I mean, it felt like a superhero movie, but not quite like it felt like it was, you know, almost, I don't want to say generic action flick, like a denigration, but it felt like an action movie first to me, um, which I thought was uh, one of its stronger suits, especially because it's a Captain America movie. um, And, you know, Captain America is not, as super as some of the other MCU characters. Yeah, the the biggest comic book aspect of it was the main villain of, of the first one in mm-hmm. the Red Skull, and he made crazy laser weapons out of the Tesseract energy, yeah. and that was basically the only comic book portion of it. But I mean, for the most part, his his role was being a super badass and fighting Nazis. Oh, sorry. I'm when I'm saying that I'm more talking about Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier was definitely an action movie. Yeah. Like, I think when it came out, that was one of the best things that I thought about it was not only was it one of the best superhero movies of the year, but it was like one of it was, if not uh, one of the best, it was the best action movie of the year. Armin Zola was probably the biggest comic book piece of that one. And that yep. he was still alive and inside all these machines. And, and that was whatnot. pretty minor. I yeah, thought. that was that was a I mean, it was an important piece, but a but a, a short piece. Yeah. So we didn't really see a ton of that. But. Yeah, it was more of an espionage action type flick. Like, I don't know, maybe less espionage than you would expect from a James Bond movie, but with all the action that you kind of expect from it. Yeah, so, totally. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, Ant-Man, good. I mean, surprisingly good. I, I, I would, like I said, I put it up there with probably the top four, top five in, in the Marvel cinematic movies. Um, I don't think you can discount Iron Man because it started the whole thing. Iron Man actually remains one of my favorites. I would say Winter Soldier now is probably my favorite Marvel movie. Yeah, same. Which is really funny because I did not care for Captain America even a little bit before um, that movie. I mean, that's not true. I mean, I liked him okay, but it wasn't like, wouldn't probably hit my top five in the MCU, which is kind of funny. Um, But really, really, really liked Winter Soldier. That was probably one of, if not my top Marvel movie, followed closely um, in some sort of weird three-way tie by... um, Iron Man and Avengers, the original. Yeah. So the thing about Ant-Man for me is that Marvel um, has kind of a formula, um, or there's kind of a formal to formula to Marvel movies these days, and it's getting just. A, I mean, it's it, I can see it, and that's what bugs me about it. Um, and so Ant-Man wasn't really a lot of exception in the, in those ways. It felt very much like a Marvel movie to me in the way that um, all in all the ways that Winter Soldier didn't. Um, which I think is something that Marvel should be concerned about because I'm a super nerd that's really into this stuff. And if I'm getting a little bored by it, I think that mainstream audiences are going to get a little bored by it. So I think we're going to get shaken up with uh, Civil War. And then we're going to see a Doctor Strange movie too, which I mean, I hope that's I don't the case. know that it matters what formula you follow in a Doctor Strange movie because there's going to be some weird shit happening in that. And that's going to be cool. So, and those are the two that we have coming out for 2016, right? Like, there's, there's only those two yes I maybe uh, yeah i have to go fact check myself but i think that's probably true or close enough yeah so i i think with those with those two movies coming up then we've got less to worry about and then going forward we got to focus on some different things because i don't know i don't know what's on the schedule for 2017 at this point i don't remember they've changed dates on some things so i'm a little bit fucked up in my yeah timeline so yeah but if you haven't seen ant-man check it out it's i think december 8th that drops on blu-ray so yeah. really the worst thing i can say about ant-man is that it's not great to me but it's it's still very good still a very solid watch definitely worth it to see see i had a different take i i thought it was great i thought it was entertaining as fuck 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was just one of those movies. Like, it's a good popcorn movie. Like, if you want to sit down and watch a movie and have a good time while you're doing it, there's comedy, but the comedy actually serves the overall story. And the overall story is not bad. And, and it especially establishes Ant-Man as a legitimate... He could be a member of the Avengers easily type guy. Yeah. Um, and I won't talk about the stinger. There's, but well, the there's two. Is pretty awesome. There's two. Actually, we can talk about them a little bit because the movie's been out for a while. And if you haven't seen it, then fuck you. Just turn your ears no. off for a minute. Go see it. Spoilers. Um, yeah. So more spoilers. Um, first stinger we get is Hank talking to his daughter and showing her the uh, new wasp outfit, the prototype. And he's like, so this was going to be for your mom. Then she's dead. And then I didn't want you to ever have anything to do with this. But now you know about it. And it is what it is. So let's work on it together kind of a thing. And I thought that's cool. And especially since Marvel already announced that the sequel to Ant-Man is going to be called Ant-Man and Wasp. Which is just great. Um, yeah, so they, didn't, they didn't shoot for the moon. They just, it, it is what it is. And that's, I think, I think that's. That's the greatness in Ant-Man that I saw this time, too. The movie was called Ant-Man. It was about Ant-Man. It was not overly complicated. It was easy to follow and a fun movie to watch. Um, and then the the final like post-credits uh, stinger was really good. And that was when we got a little bit more information than we've had about probably going into Civil War, I assume. Um, because we have um, Steve Rogers and, uh, and Falcon once again and they they i don't know if they i think they find bucky and he's been captured somehow his his metal arm is in some kind of weird vice thing yeah and uh the two of them are discussing what to do about it and they talk about calling in tony stark and they say well tony wouldn't believe us if we told him and then anthony mackie's character sam wilson he says something about the accords might not even let him come or something. So we don't know what the Accords are. No. We have no idea what that is. Um, they also make a comment that this would have been so much easier last week. So we're assuming that the Registration Act has already been passed at this point for the superheroes. So um, that's that's another thing we don't know. So that's that. I, I really enjoyed that because it, it's leading us to where we're getting in, in the next Captain America movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, which I'm really excited about too, because my pet theory is that we're actually seeing Bucky getting ready to take over the reins as Captain America, which happens in the comics with spoilers, but uh, Bucky does eventually become um, Captain America for a time while Steve Rogers is quote unquote dead for a while. It, it actually is immediately post civil war. And it, again, spoilers, if you guys haven't read the comic books at all, but throughout the entire civil war storyline, which is like a hundred and some odd issues of various Marvel comics, it's not a two and a half hour movie. It's a lot of books to yeah. read, um, which I read all of because I'm that fucking lame. But <laughs> anyway, um, the only person throughout the entire Civil War storyline that even knows that Bucky's alive is Nick Fury. So Bucky's kind of working with Nick Fury a little bit throughout and you don't see him all that much. Um, but then immediately following the resolution of Civil War, somebody assassinates Steve Rogers and Bucky at that point takes over the role of Captain America. I've at least seen the last panel of that. Um, that panel gets floated around quite a bit. Um, of the, the shooting? Yeah. Well, it's uh, actually Stark, Iron Man, sitting over um, presumably uh, Steve's corpse 
right talking about it wasn't worth it you know yeah kind of thing. so anyway uh i'm excited for civil war i think it's going to be badass i, I don't know how the... well they're going to be able to follow the comics because it is a huge story and they're condensing it into one movie which they can do a good job as long as they include the right parts so i think this is going to be the next big shakeup for the marvel u like we get fucking spider-man there there you are see like that actually right now is the thing that i'm most excited about is just getting spider-man in the mcu oh and i blew it again because they they teased that in ant-man yeah because the the final story about cousin ignacio which is literally the final moments of the movie is the reporter talking about we got one that jumps we got one that swings and we got one that climbs up walls yeah and the climbs up walls obviously is going to be spider-man like there's that's well i for a second i was like maybe she's getting her story wrong that's all that's just spider-man that all could be spider-man yeah. but I, i've heard fan theory that the one that jumps is hulk yeah that and, makes sense and the one that swings could be thor with his swinging of the hammer and whatnot but i don't think so the wall crawler i mean come on the wall crawler kind of yeah it's 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 spider-man yeah all right, so we want to talk about the second topic in the show notes. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to actually talk about something we wanted to talk about today? Yeah. Um, no, that's good. I actually wanted to put uh, talk about Ant-Man and that whole thing. Um, I just forgot to put it in there. So before we leave comic books, let me, let me actually do my State of the Union address for Marvel Comics. So people who listen to the show probably know that I, li- I read a lot of comic books. And when I mean a lot, I mean like a lot of comic books. Like there's how much you read that you think is a lot. And then there's how much Matt reads, which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I probably read more comic books before I go to work every day than most people do in their entire lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) But um, anyway, Marvel's got to do something in terms of publishing because I am one of the books that I follow regularly is called uncanny Avengers. And it's basically a team that was put together um as a combination, it was members of the X-Men and members of the Avengers working under the label of Avengers um, to kind of form a unity, especially after the rift that was formed during the Avengers versus X-Men storyline a few years back. We are now on the third incarnation of that particular series. It's been rebooted twice now Mm -hmm. as issue number one just hit again Hmm. for the third time. So, my suggestion to the publishers at Marvel is if there's something that's not working, just rehash your creative team and continue the chronology and don't, don't present it as something new when it's very obviously not something new. Guardians of the Galaxy is now starting over again with number one. There's no reason for it, especially when Guardians of the Galaxy didn't have that high of an issue count to begin with. It's not you're not encouraging new readers to join at this point. You're actually discouraging longtime readers to keep reading because if they have to keep reading a rehash of an origin or anything like that, it's, it gets boring. It's, it's, it's stale. Uh, we talked with Marv Wolfman a few weeks ago about comic book companies and, and needing to shake up the industry every 20 years or so. And that's fine. But I mean, uncanny Avengers has been out for two years and it's been, rebooted twice so see i think that's a little hardcore i would be okay with them rebooting it every now and then but i i uh, you know the, like this is a problem i think in hollywood it, well it's more prevalent more obvious in hollywood because that's something that probably more people are familiar with but i don't really like the reboot all the things mentality um 
comics is a little hard. Like I, I do think you have to do it with comics every now and then, because at some point you just can't capture new readers when you're telling storylines that are so convoluted that you had to go back 30 years to see them. But yeah, t- twice in twice in two years is that that's a bit much to me. Well, and I'll tell you what's weird. Uncanny X-Men was canceled after issue 500 something. I don't remember exactly what it was. And then they rebooted it. And then I think it ran like 15 issues and then they rebooted it again very shortly after and then now post secret wars the very first x-men comic that we get post secret wars is uncanny x-men number 600 so somebody over on the x-men side of things figured out that just if you have to write new stories you can write new stories you don't have to change the issue numbers or anything else it's it's and if the book doesn't work the book doesn't work and you just cancel at that point i'm not i'm not lobbying for anybody to to get their books canceled just outright or anything like that but if you have to reboot it three times within a two-year period of time it's i mean is it really is it really a story worth telling yeah exactly so if it doesn't have an audience you get rid of it for a while and bring it back when it does i mean green lantern from dc is one of my favorite books and there has been periods of time where green lantern just wasn't published because people didn't buy it yeah so he was he was still a member of the justice league and so his character was there sometimes but it was only after there was interest in the character once again that they they brought the story back yeah so just just my thoughts i don't know i don't know where you people stand but you know you're more than welcome to tweet us at whatever show or email us at questions at whatever dot co totally um yeah two three times twice in two years three times in two years whatever it was that to me seems excessive like that to me seems like your creative team needs to have enough of a uh, lead time to figure out where they're going to go with the story in the next you know say year well and here's the thing the second iteration was only five issues Hmm. and i mean maybe the second iteration wasn't supposed to be a monthly ongoing series maybe it was just a five issue miniseries so to speak and now they're relaunching it post secret wars i don't know secret wars is is what they're using as kind of a new starting point. Mm-hmm. But here's my other issue with them: all these movies are out, or movies, all these comic books are now out um, with their new incarnations. The Amazing Spider-Man just started over again with number one, and various other titles. Secret Wars is an eight-issue series. Mm-hmm. The most recently released one has been Secret Wars number six. So we've got all the new books out. But we still don't know how the story that launched these new books ended. <laughs> That's another weird. another another issue I have. So, um, I mean, it is what it is, and the stories are good. Don't get me wrong; I, I'm enjoying what I'm reading. I just don't understand why it's got to be so complicated. Actually, I think that's a piece of advice for the comic industry in general, because that is something that I think is a a bit of an aversion to new fans. Like uh, if you troll the comics subreddit or any comics forums, that's one of the things you see relatively commonly is I really like character X. And where do I even start reading character X? That's I, I see that one a lot. And not only do you get that question a lot, but you get just as many like the so many answers. It's almost unhelpful. Like, uh, um, Batman is almost the worst for this because there's like probably 10 Batman stories I'd name off the top of my head that are quote unquote must reads that doesn't touch anything that's happened in the last five years. No, 
Yeah. So, um, and that's true for quite a lot of the characters, honestly. Um, you know, especially the characters that go back a long ways, which at this point is most of them. If you're getting new into the comic book scene, most of the characters that you would want to go read right now stretch back, you know, 50 years. So, yeah, I, I'd give you that one too. Anyway, that, that I think is a, a problem that they need to address. The other thing that t- turns me off is a new ish comic reader who's, you know, only really started reading in the last couple of years is, just something simple like numbering comics, like you're talking about rebooting and going back to issue number one and stuff like that. Just being able to figure out what fucking incarnation you're on to read is it getting into be a bit of a pain in the ass. Like I was really confused, especially when they um, one of the first books that I really read, you know, issue after issue after issue of was Ultimate Spider-Man. And the way that that series ends and kind of picks up into Miles Morales' Spider-Man is really, really fucking confusing to me um, because there is like a. I think there's like a sort of short series in the middle and then you get Miles Morales rebooted as, you know, Spider-Man. So Ultimate Spider-Man, I think, wasn't weren't all of the Ultimate books canceled for a short period of time and then they decided just to relaunch them. And it was a really quiet relaunch, too, I think. And so it was kind of convoluted where you get from one printing to another. Yeah. Well, and I think you could make it the argument that the ultimate books, because a lot of people didn't really like um, the other ultimate books. The ultimate Spider-Man, though, is one that I constantly see as a um, fan favorite. It was done really. Actually, Ultimate X-Men was really good, too. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I think think probably most of the hate goes to... um, uh ultimate avengers ultimate well the ultimates i think is yeah, what they called it the ultimates they, right sorry. and then um ultimate iron man was kind of a piece of shit yeah no offense <laughs> <laughs> some guys listening and he's like i wrote that damn it yeah well i was kind of like when we were talking to marv wolfman it was like hey all those tie-ins to conversions really sucked and he's like i wrote two of those and i'm like oh those were my favorite ones <laughs> and actually legitimately they were i mean they were good yeah but i just didn't think there needed to be that many of them yeah so yeah um make comics a little less confusing it shouldn't be that difficult no you want to drop a marker and we can get a beer sure <laughs> natalie was sitting at the table earlier <laughs> like kind of made me want to get another mic just so i could like lower it down <laughs> really uh up the maturity level of the podcast she was doing death metal. I had the, I took the mic out of the shock mount, then I put the windscreen on it. And I was holding it up to her, and she's like, "I remember." <laughs> she's Swedish. It's okay, you'll understand later.
Ice Age Continental Drift. Oh, I gotcha. I think I saw that, but I don't remember any of it, because, you know, it's just... Because it's a good movie. Yeah. Do I dare eat another piece of candy before I keep going? Yeah, there's Snickers. Like, oh, boss. Yeah, there was a Snickers. It's down there somewhere now. If I have a Laffy Taffy, we'll be stuck here for like the next 10 minutes, <laughs> so I'm going to go with... Oh, I'll enjoy. I'm like the only person that likes these. Mm. Emmy would argue with you about that. She likes them too? Mm-hmm. Good kid, that one. Got her head screwed on straight. She's all right. Yeah. Except when it comes to doing her math homework, apparently. Yeah. Your parent-teacher conferences were not ever in her favor. <laughs> she not like math? Think about my kid. If she's super brilliant, mm-hmm. but if she doesn't get it right away, it's not worth her time. Oh. You know who I know that's like that? Me. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm like, what is this trig bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this. I don't want to do it. Um, I have to really force myself with any of the programming stuff because I really do like to program. But you hit a wall and it's just like, well, never mind. I guess I'm not going to do this. And it's like, no, actually, I can probably figure it out. And so I have a weird brain in that if I have something that's not working on my computer and it completely stumps me and I can't figure it out, I'll go to sleep. And somewhere throughout the night, I will figure it out, and I will wake up in the morning and know yeah. exactly what to do. That's like a valid, um, like there's studies that show that's like a thing. Yeah, programming. I, there's a there's a colloquialism for that. Is it is a, is a uh, debugging technique? But I can't remember what they call it. But yeah, well, it's it's how most of my work gets done. Yeah. <laughs> Servers are on fire. Can't fix it. Well, I have to take a nap. I'll Let me go back. get hammered, yeah. and and then pass out. And I'll figure it out in the morning. I need three bears and eight hours of sleep. Stat. Actually, after watching Ant-Man, I'm convinced that anything that goes wrong with our servers is just tiny little ants fucking things up. <laughs> Literal bugs in the code? Literal bugs, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, we back? we're back, yeah. Right on. Um, so let's go through the quick ones. Well, what Star are we Trek. Got? Star Trek. We got a new, well, I don't know how quick that's going to be, but we got a new Star Trek TV show coming. Um, CBS has announced recently that we are going to have a new Star Trek series. So um, what do we think? Not available. I think they're premiering the premiere episode on the CBS network, but any subsequent episodes after that are going to be on the CBS now or on demand, whatever their on demand subscription services. Really? Five bucks a month. It better be really fucking good because right now Netflix is like nine bucks a month and they have infinitely more content than just Star. I, I have a feeling that's probably why Star Trek is going to be. You think it's going to catch enough of the hardcore audience that they'll be able to sell it? I'm gonna watch it. You know well, what I mean. I mean, I'm gonna watch it too. I'm just saying that, like hypothetically, it is. Here's the, here's the there thing: are other ways to get it for the this people is, that are really nerdy that want to see it. This is my problem with the network subscription service: is um, I don't feel like I should have to pay an additional fee if I'm already paying cable. Yeah. That's my thing. Like HBO is great, and I love HBO Go, but I don't pay a separate fee for HBO Go. Yeah, I get it because I already have HBO, and as I understand it, there's HBO now. Which is Correct. a standalone version of HBO Go, which I could pay for if I didn't have cable. Yep. But because I do have cable, I already get the service. So that's kind of where I feel like CBS is going wrong with this particular method. But see, it's kind of a be careful what you wish for type of thing because um, everybody, especially cord cutters. So f- for the record, I am a cord cutter. We don't have cable at my house because I don't watch nearly enough 
cable television to make it anywhere close to worth it. And the, th- the things that I do watch on cable tend to either be available on Netflix, Hulu, or, um, you know, something like that. I mean, I, I really only watch four or five shows a week. So, and, you know, let's face it, like I mentioned before, if there are, there are certain other methods for getting these TV shows, should you want to watch them and not have to pay $80 a month to watch, you know, say two or three shows a month. Um, or you could just, in a lot of cases, it's cheaper to just go buy it on iTunes or something like that if you're so inclined. Um, so anyway, back to this whole thing. Um, this is kind of a be careful what you wish for sort of situation because I don't see cable subscriptions being a thing that are around long term. Like in 10 years, I think this is going to be like sort of like AOL subscribership numbers. Um but the problem with that is, is that a lot of these smaller networks are subsidized um, because they're all owned by big conglomerates. Like, for example, NBC isn't just NBC. NBC owns USA and, I don't know, TNT and a bunch of other shit like that. Comcast owns it all. I mean, yeah. NBC Universal is a subsidiary of Comcast. Right. So so anyway, they're all these little subsidiaries um, of a you know, bigger player in the game. And that allows you to have so much diversity at the prices you do. So if you split it off and just say, for example, if you wanted ESPN, this is the most egregious example of this. But cable subscriptions massively subsidize ESPN. If you suddenly wanted ESPN without a cable subscription to be available, like all the coverage you get from ESPN, but streaming over the Internet with no cable subscription, don't be surprised if it's like 30 or 40 bucks a month. True. I mean, so, and, and here's the thing. I'm not bitching about five bucks a month. Yeah. If it costs me $5 a month to watch four new Star Trek episodes a month, that's probably that is, worth it to me. That is probably, I mean, that is a good value proposition considering if you want to buy those episodes on iTunes, it's probably 2 or $3. Yeah. Or if you want to buy the DVDs, you're going to pay, you know, $35, $40. Here's so, what I'm interested in. What timeline are they are they branching off from? Are they, is it is it going to be spun off of the new movies? Or is it going to be a continuation where Voyager left off? You know what I mean? Like, See, I am curious about this too, and I don't see them going necessarily either of those directions. I could see this being like a hard reboot for the TV universe. Uh, not you necessarily, think that's a good idea? Not necessarily a hard reboot, so to speak, but I could see them tossing out a lot of continuity from the older shows and, a lot of co- and, and forgetting the movies even exist for this purpose. So it would be similar to Voyager in that, Voyager was directly spun off from Deep Space Nine and Next Generation, but it had nothing to do with either of those shows other than the premiere episode because that's when they got lost for the next seven Seven years years or whatever. So they were in a different galaxy. Yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Like, it took me a long time to get into Voyager. And and by the time it was over, I thought it was a great show. Uh, It was just, it was not one that, was easy to follow, especially the beginning episodes. See, I kind of, um, going to lose some nerd status here, but I, I don't really think I've really been into Star Trek too heavily since the next generation. I will still watch the shit out of, like I go rewatch the next generation periodically on, um, on Netflix, but I, I have never really gotten too far into deep space nine, which is probably the most egregious of these offenses. Dude. Deep Space Nine, from what I understand, is widely regarded as just, you know, great. Um, so I really need to catch up on that. But uh, Voyager, I did, I've did. i seen maybe three episodes of and I couldn't care less about. Especially because this is almost a thing that I don't like. Oddly enough, because I like this in most shows. But I, I sort of like the um, uh, episodic nature rather than serial nature of most of the old Star Trek stories. All right. So here's the thing. Bryce and I have been tossing around the idea of possibly doing a podcast about Next Generation. Yeah. 
kind of an in-depth thing and we maybe not maybe won't focus on each individual episode i don't think there's going to be a podcast dedicated to every episode of of tng well um you, you would have the next you know couple of years set out for you well yeah um but given that you have not paid a lot of homage to uh deep space nine at this point what do you say as part of this show you and i will commit to watching say one two maybe three episodes a week i could probably do that and then we could talk about it on the show just because what you're gonna find is the first three seasons are very episodic in terms of but because it does take place on a space station and a lot of the characters are the same like it, it it's more serial because of that yeah um they're not going new places and meeting new people necessarily um but then once cisco shaves the head and grows the goatee ah uh, he grew the beard they go to war it's awesome that trope uh for go look that up on tv tropes um just be warned you're going to tv tropes so you're going to be there a while but growing the beard is uh uh the same thing they said about um the next generation next generation Riker was went kind of meh until Riker grew the beard that's not true he had the beard in the second season the second season was still kind of yeah i'd say they th- they hit their stride at the very probably close to the end of the second season what what i'm going to tell you is this but the first season when they lost pretty the much universally stripes when their uniforms went from being just black on the shoulders uh, and and solid below that's when that show got good okay that's fair when you could no longer see the zippers um <laughs> <laughs> uh, no uh Honestly, like that would be an interesting thing to me. Probably more interesting than um, SG One recaps have been because we, well, we stopped doing it because you stopped watching it. Kind of forgot. Well, and we've both seen it. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of have the attention span of like a three-year-old too when it comes to this kind of thing. But if we do one of these kind of things to a show that you haven't necessarily seen before, I think we started that maybe with Buffy, but I never got anywhere with Buffy. Honestly, Buffy, Buffy I, I, uh, I wish I weren't this way because I'm not about a lot of things. But it's so dated at this point, it's hard for me to get into it. Is, it's very hard, especially when you see somebody sitting in front of a computer. Like, this is going to be hard uh, even for Deep Space Nine. And I kind of forgive Deep Space Nine and Star Trek in general because Star Trek is set as like a period. Um, but honest to God, one of the hardest things about watching any of these older shows to me anymore is 4 by 3 Yeah. yeah. Like, it as is. soon as it's in 4 by 3 I'm like, what the fuck is You know what's cool, TV? though? Um, is the Blu-ray is still 4 by 3 but it looks so much nicer than yeah. any, any, and I don't know that, are they going to do Deep Space Nine and Voyager on Blu-ray? I don't know. TNG looks amazing on Blu-ray though. See, I could see them skipping the, well, I don't know. I mean, you can sell everything to Trekkies, let's face it. Um, Trekkies and, and Star Wars nerds, like definitely the two groups that'll buy pretty much anything you produce. But uh, I don't know how much of a crossover there is for like mainstream Voyager and when, Deep when Space they Nine did watchers. TNG on Blu-ray, one of the most brilliant moves that they could have done and that they did do is they <laughs> took the standout episodes of each season mm-hmm. and turned them into a theatrical movie that you bought a ticket and you went and watched in the new high def on a on a theater screen. I think it was I want to say was it Farpoint for the first one? I, I, I think what it had was, to have been was because that was the first episode. Farpoint, yeah, two part, first and second episodes. Um, 
was sort of established cue and the whole mission and all that kind of stuff and sort of the tone for the show too like this is one of the things that i liked about tng is that it got a lot of the spirit about the original star trek correct which being you know more of a um i don't quite want to say cerebral because it's not like you uh, um you know need a phd or anything to watch the star trek show but much more cerebral than say the star trek 2009 adaptation um which is very much more of an action movie and then wrath of khan um sorry don't call it wrath of khan what was the second star trek of the reboots yeah um dark end of darkness yeah end of darkness um yeah don't call it wrath of khan my bad uh that those two are just firmly action movies to me and they they miss a little bit like don't get me wrong i love those movies but they they miss a little bit about what star trek is i'm sorry season one was not encounter at farpoint that was theatrically released it was uh where no one has gone before in data lore which were two of the more important episodes from that season oh for sure um season two they did uh q and one of my favorite episodes ever of Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, the Major of a Man. Which one? Help me, because I know what you're talking. I'm I'm sure I know this episode because I think it's one of my favorites too, but I can't remember which one. Measure this of is. a Man, and maybe I'm. No, I'm not wrong. Measure of a Man is is um, the episode where Data basically had to go in front of the Federation Council yeah. and plead his case that he was a sentient being and had rights. Yeah. Yep. That is one of my favorite episodes as well. And that was that was extended. Uh, season three, they did the best uh, the best of both worlds. Not the best of both worlds. It wasn't called the best of both worlds. Memory is failing. <clears throat> and hold on, I'm I'm wikiing it. Fair enough. Was it called the best of both worlds? Might have been. It was. It was um, parts one and two. It was when. Um, Picard got kidnapped and turned into Locutus. Oh. So it was actually the season three cliffhanger and the season four opening that they that they yeah. they condensed together. I want to say the best of both worlds doesn't sound right, but it could be wrong. It could Those be the beer. Two of the um best episodes of the next generation, in my opinion. Yeah, and they did I think they did more as they as they went forward. In fact, I think season four might have been the one where uh Worf went to uh he found uh the Kittimer camp and found that romulans and klingons were living there yeah harmoniously and whatnot um i don't remember but my point after long strings of rambling (laughs) is that they really sold the fuck out of those blu-rays because they were like hey you know what buy a ticket go watch this in the theater and they they chose like really good episodes to do that data lore one of my favorite episodes because it was where data finds out that there was another android created before him yeah um and he was a fuck stain yep (laughs) I have a brother. Awesome. And he's a total douche. Aw. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm going to check it out, the new series. Oh, I mean, it if goes I have to saying. pay five bucks to see the first few episodes and I don't like it, then I just won't renew. Yeah, I think, but, I think that's probably true for me, too. Um, see, I told you, they can fucking sell anything in Trekkies. Yeah. Like, I don't, I could care less about, I think, anything else on CBS. Maybe Supergirl. We'll see. If I that... haven't watched episode two yet. I've got a DVR. I have not watched it. It is slightly better is it slightly okay we won't expound upon it until it's still like from the first episode of the flash like i was completely hooked and like oh yeah i'm I'm gonna watch this even from i think arrow i think arrow i first saw on netflix so i binged that and there were some definite shaky parts in that but 
dude season one was shaky for me season two was better yeah like remarkably better than season one and then season three kind of took some weird turns as well which we've talked about yeah. ad nauseum but um this season so far oh yeah a little right back on top i think so and why don't we just go right into that then yeah um constantine dude yep so we're both douches because we didn't watch constantine totally sorry dude um but that dude is badass right didn't i think we said this when we were talking about did we watch this episode by the last episode no this is this is the first time first we talked time we about, talked about constantine okay we, we mentioned that he was coming up yeah we did okay i remember now um so the constantine episode totally rocks and now actually i feel like a complete dickhole for not watching the constantine tv show because if the character was half as good on the tv show as he was on arrow i probably missed out on something good there uh yeah and Honestly, the reason that Eddie probably feels like we've talked about this before is because we're kind of dorks, and when we watch the shows, we usually watch them on the same night, and we tweet about them. And, and text each other back and forth Which, multiple times. If yeah. you want to follow that, you can you can follow me at the brutal one, And I'm at uh, charlesesmith.net. Or no, just Charles E. Smith. Sorry. Yeah, at Charles E. Smith. Yeah. So, um, you follow us both. Um, we like followers. I... It, it goes without saying, I think, that we like attention. Some of our followers, I think, are probably like porn bots. Yep. But that's fine. I mean... Because they're numbers. They like attention, too. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And, and my understanding, too, um, based on the article that I posted and only read part of, <laughs> is that uh, the ratings actually increased this week for Constantine, which means we have some of the CBS Constantine followers that jumped over specifically to watch this show, would be my assumption, if the ratings went up. Yeah. Um actually there was a really great like a uh, meme thing going around and it's a picture of John Constantine um you know in this portrayal saying something along the lines of my name is John Constantine for the last year I've been adrift without a network. <laughs> <laughs> um so I I don't know. Um if nothing else it would be really cool to get him as a regular on Arrow yeah. or Legends or something. Um, it, it just, this, this character and this portrayal has me, has my entries, uh, intrigue a little bit. Your, your, your interest has been peaked. So yeah, to speak. correct. So I, I don't, I would be a little sad if like he just disappears forever. If this was this. just a one-off and it's done, then I'm kind of pissed. Yeah. I, if nothing else, I'm a little disappointed because now, now Constantine is officially done and there's no saving it. I, I think, I don't know. I don't know that that's true. Well, uh, I don't see NBC bringing it back. No, I don't see NBC. Was it CBS or NBC? I don't remember. I thought this was an NBC, but I could be wrong. Who fucking knows? It's not yeah. on anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if the ratings rose, there's and, a, there's and you and I as Arrow fans, like we're like that was a good fucking episode. Yeah. Then there's there's money to be made somewhere. Definitely. And I think there's enough with Legends tomorrow coming out in January, and the Flash and, and Arrow continuing their stride i think there's enough work that you can include him maybe not in every like he's not going to do 22 episodes a season on any you know between the three shows oh, but yeah, i think definitely. there's a there's a possibility you get like 12 appearances within a given year i think you could find a home pretty uh, um i don't know we haven't seen even a single episode of legends yet but Legend seems like it would be a, a, a show where he would fit better because there's just more weird shit going on. I don't on know. Legends. Honestly, with Damian Dark being the big bad this uh, season on Arrow, there's point. there's a lot of space for magic and dark forces and whatnot. And I really really liked the conversation that him and Ollie had toward the end of this episode too, which was when he was when he found out that Damian Dark was in town. He's like, "Uh, leave town, mate." Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 
uh go get out yeah yeah don't fuck with that guy so um ominous to to say the least because i mean we've obviously seen the kind of power that constantine has yep being able to bring back a soul from purgatory damnation or, damnation or whatever the and hell it was then he's like nope don't mess with that dude he's bad news yep lates yeah <laughs> so um so yeah constantine uh totally awesome um i i really hope like i said if nothing else just get him on some more guests like get him some more guest spots there's plenty of room in the cw verse for constantine to make some appearances every now and then. yeah and i mean if you see a constant rise in ratings every time he's on a show then then maybe you do a show yeah which i i get that cw is like we don't want to be the superhero network you are yeah i mean it just i mean just just own it yeah it's too late and that's so stupid i don't want to be the superhero network dude there's that's a huge fucking market like the, you are probably in the prime time to be the superhero network and it's even better if you can somehow get in front of it um because pretty soon the i mean we're already seeing these pop up everywhere everywhere constantine i think was on nbc you've got supergirl that's now on cbs um well, here's here's the thing they didn't want they cw had the first crack at supergirl they turned it down because they didn't want to be the superhero network um they had the flash already in the pipe but it wasn't out yet yeah. Then they launched the Flash, but let's not discount what they've already done. Smallville ran for ten seasons. True. Supernatural's been on for eleven now, True. and it's not a comic book uh, series, but it's it's in the sci-fi genre. They've they've got a lot of sci-fi weird. The shit Vampire like Diaries, one of their one of their top top shows. I haven't watched it. I Zombies apparently a good show, according to Mr. Wolfman. I haven't watched it yet, but it's also uh, a derivative. I did watch of a couple book. episodes. Uh, yeah. Uh, see, that's the thing is, I, I really, I didn't think it looked that good either. But so, but I mean, you've got all these shows which are relatively successful, and they're poised at this point to be everything that the Sci-Fi Network originally kind of wanted to be. But then they were like, "Well, it's too expensive to do licensed properties, so we're just going to do shitty movies of the week." Yeah. And then replay them six times throughout the day. Here's wrestling and or shaky cam ghost stories that don't do anything. Yeah. Wrestling being on sci-fi is a weird thing to me. I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Wrestling's fine. Just but I don't think it, it should be on the Siffy network. network. Yeah. Which, let's not kid ourselves. It's Siffy. Yeah. What what they're selling doesn't spell sci-fi. It spells Siffy. What, what, what else is perfect about that is like... You know, in retrospect, this might have been one of the dumbest moves uh, in television of the last decade because sci-fi is sort of at the peak right now. Like sci-fi stories are going crazy all over the place. We're seeing huge blockbuster movies made every year based on sci-fi properties. We've got these huge audiences for sci-fi in the realm of like supernatural, like we were talking about vampire diaries, hard sci-fi, you know, that kind of thing. Um Movies like The Martian and Interstellar are getting made and finding huge audiences. And sci-fi is like, nah, there's no budget in sci-fi. Like, we can't do that. And gets out. Eureka. Did you ever watch Eureka? Yeah. Canceled after five seasons because it was getting too expensive to produce. Fuck you. Yeah. Eureka, (laughs) uh, hugely successful. Battlestar Galactica, hugely successful. Like, so why, why? I'm sure glad Sheriff Carter's fucking selling Maytags now. Yeah. God damn it. So anyway, um, sci-fi, get your shit together because everybody else is eating your lunch. Um, Dude, yeah. And again, owned by NBC Universal, owned by Comcast. It's not like they're bleeding money. I mean, that particular division could be, but I, I don't think that's anything to say about the the material so much as it is to say about their management. Yeah, like why are you programming shit 
Like, you could make money if you actually put out stuff that people wanted to watch. I, and I'm not saying that there's not good shows, because we just talked about several good shows. Cancelled at this point. Haven, uh-huh. though. Haven's a good show. I like that one. Have you watched it? I still haven't. It's You should check it out, at the very least. Um, it's based loosely on a um, Stephen King short story called The Colorado Kid. Gotcha. Uh, it takes place in Haven, Maine. Um, and the town is afflicted by what they call the Troubles, which is there are... Um, people within the town that possess certain abilities and most of them aren't necessarily good abilities like uh former wwe champion uh edge adam yeah, copeland we talked is, about this, I think, he's he's point. one of the main uh well he's he's a regular i don't want to say he's a main cast member but he's a regular his um his certain his affliction is that he's bullets are attracted to him dude that sucks so he wears <laughs> he wears a, a bulletproof vest like in almost every scene that he's in he's got a he's got a flak jacket on because if somebody fires a gun, the bullets, like, they'll literally, like, turn around and go to him. That's, like, the worst fucking superpower. Yeah. But, I mean, the stories are, are fun. And it's yeah. it's a cool show. Um, It's got uh, Eric Balfour. Okay. Isn't it? Um, The star of the show, um, her, uh, the actress's name, Emily Rose is her name. And she's really good in it. Mm-hmm. Her, so, her, at least. Yeah. I, I like the show. It, so, I mean, I'm not shitting on sci-fi, necessarily. I'm just saying don't turn your nose at anything that might cost a little bit of money because that money might actually generate you revenue at some point. See, this is another thing that I don't get about them. Um, AMC is another example of this. AMC has managed to become this network almost overnight. It's not overnight anymore, but at the time, like when they started with Mad Men, Mad Men was a relatively new, untested thing and quickly Did it start blew with up. Mad Men? I think so. Breaking Bad was first, I thought, maybe. Uh, that's possible. But, I mean, sort of all around the same time, we got Breaking Bad, Mad Men, The Walking Dead, or the three that spring to mind, um, and really kind of put them on the map. And some of those shows, like The Walking Dead, I'm sure, is not cheap. Um, no. But it, it when you let them establish some, uh, um, you know, street cred, basically, let them do their thing, all of a sudden, they're now hugely popular. Uh, the Walking Dead consistently is, like, one of the highest-rated cable shows ever. And if they would have pushed out in Season 2 or Season 3, like they did, like Sci-Fi does with some of these other shows, well, it wouldn't be there. And here's the thing. Like, this is this is a trend that was actually started by... I, I'm going to give the credit to FX. And if I'm wrong, forgive me. But FX, when The Shield came out, um, The Shield was one of those shows that was super gritty. But... And, and kind of blurred the lines between what was acceptable on cable television because i mean let's face it when it comes to paid subscriptions to tv like cable you can pretty much do whatever you want but there's kind of a standards and practices that people have followed for a lot of years with when it came to profanity and um you know portrayal of of sex and things like that and the shield kind of smudged out those standards and practices and just kind of did what they did to yeah. make a quality show. And if there was grit involved, there was grit involved. And then that evolved into um, Sons of Anarchy, mm-hmm. which is one of my all-time favorite shows, honestly. Uh, not sci-fi related in nature at all. Just a really, really fucking good show, um, I think. And then, so other networks have kind of started doing this. And we're what we're seeing is, like, you'll you'll get a, a show... Uh, you watch The Walking Dead... Are you caught up on it? Yep. So last week's episode, hour and a half long episode dedicated to one character. Yeah. Completely. And and it's Morgan, who's not even necessarily like... We haven't seen him in a couple of seasons, practically. Yeah. 
But I mean, for for but it was also, in my opinion, one of the best episodes of the series. It's a really good episode, and and for the network to just be like, you know what? Go ahead, it's an hour and a half. Have it. Do what you want. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, I think The Walking Dead gets a little bit of a pass because at this point they've shown they bring in the numbers, so you can kind of trust the creators to do what they want at this point. But that's the thing I think that that um, more TV executives need to be aware of at this point. Like properties, like Supergirl, don't get me wrong, it it had some huge numbers in the first uh, episode, and I th- and I think it may have diminished slightly for the second episode, but it's still just fine as far as like a financial thing. But it's they're not telling great stories. Like, well, and maybe they will soon. Uh, don't get me wrong. I said the same thing about Agents of Shield, and this is going to come up in a minute too. But Gotham. Um, so let storytellers uh, tell good stories. There might have been something about Shield added to the show notes while you haven't been paying attention. Oh, good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, slow starts. So you know, like I'm giving Supergirl a bit of a pass, but some of these shows did not necessarily start slow. Some of these shows started off with a bang, and that's because you know you hired good storytellers to do what they would, basically. No, but I I think the point that I'm trying to make is. AMC, FX, there might be one or two other cable networks out there that are doing it now. They're willing to go ahead and, and and break the mold that we're used to when it comes to normal weekly programming and say, you know what, this week it's going to be an hour and a half versus an hour. And the shows that follow after them, uh, AMC specifically has the the Talking Dead, which immediately follows The Walking Dead, which I, I another good show too, which I really... The Talking Dead is kind of what... Ex- inspired this podcast in a lot of ways because it was just they they watch an episode and then they sit down and talk about it for an hour afterward um but then you got shows like the comic book men a kevin smith thing based about you know based on the everyday happenings at the comic book store that he owns in red bank and and then the guys that work there that show didn't have a home 10 years ago no but not only does it have a home now but it's successful yeah. And some of these things, I, for the record, I don't think are necessarily because they, they couldn't have found an audience. Like no. a lot of these things, the audience has just been chomping at the bit to get for the last 10 years. But uh, that's what I'm saying, though. Like 10 years ago, if somebody would have gone to sci-fi and been like, hey, Kevin Smith owns this comic book shop and the guys that work there are pretty funny. And can we just like chronicle what they do every day? Like, fuck you. They would have been laughed out the door, but yeah, at the same time, house. like that would have been the network to go to to watch a show about a comic book store. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's so, a lot of these things, like if you thought Walking Dead, <clears throat> natural fit for sci-fi, I think. Yeah. Or it would have been. It would have been before they went all shitty and decided but, that they were But gonna... what network is it on? American <laughs> Movie Classics. That's yeah. what AMC stands for, people. Okay, but this is another, you know, sort of side tangent, you know, drives me nuts about all the naming of uh, networks these days. The History Channel, otherwise known as that one where they talk about aliens and everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Learning Channel, the home of Honey Boo Boo, where you don't learn jack shit. Uh-huh. And the Duggars or some shit like that. Uh, you've got AMC, which is American Movie Classics, and you don't care about watching any movies on AMC. They don't play movies anymore, hardly. Yeah. You watch the, you know, The Walking Dead, Mad Men, or... Breaking uh, Bad, or Breaking Bad, Better, Better Call, Call Saul. Saul. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or then, and then, and this is one of my, one of my personal favorites is, um, uh, A&E arts and entertainment and you get <laughs> the duck dynasty. Right. You know, artistic duck dynasty. Yeah. As you do. I don't, I don't watch that show. I, I don't either. I okay. actually had to ask what all this shit was at Walmart one day. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it's weird. Cause you go to Walmart, 
shit ton of that stuff. Like they have Funko Pop vinyl action figures of of the cast of of Duck Dynasty. Other than that, you don't really see anything unless you happen to have a Cracker Barrel in your neighborhood and they sell that shit there too. <laughs> like I want to go out for a plate of beef stew and all of a sudden I'm accosted by Duck Dynasty. Duck Dynasty bullshit. Yeah. It's okay. I'm sure the blacks didn't have a hard time back in the 60s under the Jim Crow laws. It's fine. Yeah, no big deal. Um, let's do a couple quick stories because we got a couple of bigger topics to talk about. Um, so there's an Entertainment Weekly cover we linked uh, from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, otherwise known as the Harry Potter but not Harry Potter movie. Um, I, 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 I should amend my previous statement and that the whatever show, of course, does not feel as though <laughs> the black people didn't have a hard time under Jim Crow loss. That's that called satire, folks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, go check out the Entertainment Weekly cover. Honestly, I linked it because I'm still interested in this, but it doesn't really give you a whole lot. Um, I I have a soon-to-be 12-year-old daughter that I'm going to have to take to that, so I'm interested in it yep. for no other reason than that. Eight-year-old daughter. Um, I don't know when this movie comes out next year sometime. It's you not know. Christmas, is it? Uh, it can't be Christmas. That's too soon. Not this year. It's normally Christmas um, for the Harry Potter movies, or has been traditionally, but whatever. August 18th of 20... Nope, that's not right. <laughs> anyway, I have the same thing you do. November 18th, 2016. Desperately wants to go see this movie um, when, as soon as it comes out. So, yeah, I'd definitely be taking her to that, too. So, here's the thing. Um, my kid, my oldest kid, has read all the books. And um, one of the things that we plan on getting her is like there's a there's a Hogwarts library that you can get that has the Tales of Beetle the Bard, which is where the story of the Deathly Hallows is is located. Mm -hmm. And it also includes Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And so she's going to read that and then she'll be super pumped about it. I don't think right now it's as big of a deal to her because she hasn't read the content. Um, But once she reads the actual Fantastic Beasts book. Oh, Ellie's like all about this right now. Like not this movie in particular, but Harry Potter in general. Like as soon as I told her there was another movie set in the Harry Potter universe, I think she'd be a little bit disappointed that you don't get the, you know, the, the, the three Harry, Hermione and Ron in it, but she'd be fine with it because like she, like of her day that she spends on the computer, it's either Minecraft or YouTube and of her YouTube watching, I guess probably close to 50% of that is uh, Harry Potter fan fiction. So the other 50% is Minecraft videos more, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's super stoked about this movie and quite honestly, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this movie too. The Harry Potter movies were pretty good and I like that universe. So here's the deal. I'm disappointed every time I watch a movie and Emma Watson's not in it. That, yeah. Okay. That's um, fair. So, I mean, I kind of get that, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I, I because I like the I like the mythos. Yeah. of of Harry Potter and whatnot. So, I read all the books a long time ago. Same. And uh the kids we really started watching them because my wife and I we are cable subscribers, either cable or satellite or whatnot, and it's just we haven't broken free yet. But uh one of the things that ABC Family does is about every holiday is Harry Potter weekend. And that's when the kids really kind of started getting involved in them because they didn't necessarily go with us in the theaters to watch the movies when they came out and whatnot. But then... Well, your kids... My kids, too, would have been way too young. Yeah, they they saw um, Deathly Hallows Parts 1 and 2, I think, in the theaters. And those are the only ones they saw in the theater. Yeah, even those movies, I think, are 2011. Yeah, I didn't see 
the first two in the theater, but then every other one after that I saw. Yeah. Because I didn't put much stock into it. I hadn't read them yet. And I I think the first Harry Potter movie came out on DVD. And I didn't really, I still didn't put much, much stock into it. And then when the second one came out, like the first one was super cheap and it was like a, I'm ridiculous. Cause when it comes to like buying movies, like I always have to get like the big edition with the fold outs and all that kind of stuff. And I got like yeah. this, I think it was a two or three disc set of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And I only bought it because it was like a cool looking set mm-hmm. that no idea that it was going to be good. So I watched it and then immediately I went and bought the box set of the books, which at the time was only one through four, which is actually kind of cool because the first Sorcerer's Stone is by far the weakest movie. It is, but I thought it was a good story nonetheless. And so yeah. I, I, I wanted to really check it out. And honestly, um, book is better obviously. Cause you yeah, can, you can do more in a book. Yeah. Did that come through on the mic? Just barely. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, the point I'm trying to get to is is the kid read all the books and um, the reason she read them is because the movies, especially once you get past the first two, really leave out a lot of information. And so for her, she was like, well, I don't get why this happens here, but then the next scene, this is going on. I'm like, well, you have to read the books. Yep. And I think she read them all within the span of a summer. Probably like it was ridiculous. I've never seen that kid go through books nearly that much. And like not only going through them, but like retaining the information, like she, she knows like who sends the, this letter to this person and whatnot. Like she's ridiculous about it. So this movie is going to be an enigma though, because the movie that we're going to get is not what the book is. Like you can get the book of fantastic beasts and where to find them. And that's really just kind of a, a guide so yeah. to speak, but this movie is about the guy going on the journey to make the guide. Actually, one of the most intriguing parts about this, now that I think about it, is that there is no, um, there's nothing they can screw up. No, necessarily. Um, they're not working off a book here. They can just make a movie, and this actually could poise it to be one of the stronger movies in the series because one of the things that I definitely felt watching every single one of the movies, which don't get me wrong, they're good movies, but one of the things I felt every time is uh, they missed blah blah blah. Or that doesn't make sense because they didn't. Goblet of Fire is probably easily the one where they they left out the most. Yeah. And which is honestly like one of the biggest side stories for me. Like one of my favorite parts of of book four was Hermione and her leading her crusade to to free the house elves. Yeah. (laughs) And none of that made. Not a single part. the, The movie. And it was really good. Yep. Plus the Dursleys weren't in the movie at all. And the Dursleys are are kind of a they're a mainstay when it comes to a Harry Potter story. And so leaving them completely out. Yep. Also, I I think hurts the story a little bit. So, yeah, it's another one of those, like, again, it doesn't make for a bad movie or anything like that, but it's a big part of the universe. And if you want more Harry Potter universe, then you got to read the books. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's talk about, um, we put a link in here, which is kind of funny, which is, uh, uh, Tom Cavanaugh talking about his role as Dr. Wells and earth from earth Two. Um, which uh, Matt helpfully titled, You're Not Wrong, Dr. Wells, You're Just an Asshole. Um, and so the article was interesting to me because it Obviously was Obviously stolen about, from the Big Lebowski, but... Yeah. The uh, um, article was interesting to me because Tom Tom was talking about how they didn't necessarily want um, him to play Wells as such a dick. Uh, but I really like that it's portrayal. It's so funny. Like it this, is so This funny. most recent episode is so good. And yeah. 
And one of the most important things that happens, and I'm just going to jump right right to it, is the outing of Cisco as as being a metahuman. Oh yeah, and if if Kavanaugh and uh, Wells in this incarnation wasn't such a dick, there's almost no way it would just come out like that. No, but no. it made it so much funnier that way. Be, and and really, like he's not even like surreptitious about being a dick either. He's just like, here's the deal: you don't like me, I don't like you, but yeah. this is what has to happen. So yeah, yeah. Um, really good episode this last week. I agree. Um, Fla- the, like like I said, the Flash is like. Of all the shows that I watch, which is not many, admittedly, The Flash is probably at the top of my, like, I've got to see that this week list. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, tomorrow's Tuesday as we record this. And I'm super stoked because not only do we get um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which we'll talk about later, but we get The Flash. Yeah. Around 7, 7.30 on Tuesday night, I started getting shaky. Like, <laughs> So, um, good episode this week. This was uh, Dr. Light. Is that right? Yep. And was it Dr. Light? Is that who she is? I believe so. Yeah. So, again, more Earth 2 crossovers, doppelgangers, whatnot. Uh, this chick actually happens to be a doppelganger of a chick that um, uh, Barry dated last season, actually. Yep. You know her from uh, the paper that Iris works at now, uh, yep. Linda Park. Yep. And, uh, again, this is this is uh, Zoom sending people to kill Barry and whatnot. And that part of the story really wasn't even like the the interesting bit to me like it was interesting that that it ended up being uh linda park and whatnot but dr wells joining the team at star labs which sounds weird but again again (laughs) but dr dr wells joining the team is is really kind of the highlight of the show because he is tom cavanaugh was amazing and i was really uncertain after season one ended how they were going to bring him in anyway i mean obviously uh, the reverse flash was a time traveler. And so there's kind of an infinite number of possibilities you could go with um, to bring him back, but they didn't, they didn't do that. They, they brought in a parallel universe version of Dr. Wells, who is a yeah, goddamn douche, yeah. <laughs> but man, he's a good douche and he's got something else going on too. Obviously. I mean, there's, there's, there's a, a he has an agenda that we don't know about yet. And I'm wondering where they're going to go with this. Like, there's nothing to preclude him from being the reverse Flash on the Earth 2 timeline. No. So, I don't think that's necessarily where they're going to go with that. But, I mean, that's just one possibility. There's some hook with the daughter. Yeah. Well, Zoom has the daughter, I think. I think that was alluded to in the preview from this week's episode. Yeah. So, I think there's a possibility that we're going to get a little bit of a double crossing if um, reticent double crossing Dr. Wells from... um, this uh like he's he may still be playing a villain if not if not by choice um simply because he's being blackmailed he he still may be paying playing a foil for our heroes sure uh, and here's the thing too we don't know who zoom is we don't know if zoom is somebody that we've already met or we don't know th- i mean he could be somebody that we haven't met uh, an entirely spivet. new character what's that i said it's patty's it's patty spivot you think yeah definitely <laughs> i don't think it's spivot. <laughs> not really not really unless it's earth Two spivot That'd be really funny, actually, if it were. Yeah, but I, I don't. I, Zoom didn't have boobs, I don't think. Patty Spivet with lots of tape. <laughs> All of a sudden, she's Judy Garland from the fucking Wizard of Oz. Well, she's the Flash. It wouldn't take that long. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, but we don't know. My, my, my personal, and this is just a spitballing. Like, what if? What if it's Jay Garrick? 
Well, what do you mean, like Jay Garrick, as in Jay Garrick, Jay Garrick, the one we know, Jay Garrick? Yeah. Or if it's a alternate Jay Garrick? No, the one we know. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. I don't think they'd go that way. But I mean, it's just weird because he's just like all of a sudden, like he's just like, I'm gonna help you, Barry. And then, like the second anything about Zoom comes, he's like, Nope, you can't do it. I'm gonna walk away now. Yeah. Get fucked, Barry. You're like on your own. Yeah. But I I don't think it's Jay Garrick. But I mean, we don't know. And that's that's kind of the cool piece about it is like we really have no clue who it is. And his mask, like the only piece of him you can see is his eyes. So like there's no there's a there's a semi popular fan theory that it's uh, Barry's dad uh, as an Earth two probably Barry's dad. I personally don't think that's gonna be the case, but <laughs> I think I think if they were theories. gonna go that direction, they should have dug the old maroon looking costume out of mothballs from when he was the Flash in the in the nineties series. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> it's Doctor Zoom, and even though he's really threatening, he's got a really shitty costume. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I I really have no actual clue who who Doctor Zoom is at this point, which I like. Um, that's kind of cool. Um, uh, I do hope a little bit that it's maybe somebody we've met already, but also I'd be kind of impressed if it weren't. Kind of happy if it weren't too. If it's an entirely new character, Hunter Zolomon, you know, something yeah. like that. Well, both both shows right now too, um, Arrow and The Flash, they're leading us into Legends tomorrow. And the it like in Arrow, we had Sarah getting her her soul restored, and we know that she's going to go on to be the White Canary in Legends tomorrow. But true in The Flash, we also had Cisco hooking, hooking up, up with, with Hawk Hawk Girl. Girl. Yeah, nice job, Cisco. By the way, yeah, no kidding. I think he's playing a little out of his league. There. He's broing it up lately. Like yeah. he's he's got a little bit more. Uh, I I think it's the meta human. It must be. I, I think he's just like you know what, fuck it. He's like I can see the future, bitches, and you know what, future. Your future's with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My future's in your pants. How about that? Oh God. No, that's um. I I didn't recognize her at first. I actually had to look her up. No. Because she said her name, and I googled the name, and I was like, "Oh, that is Hot Girl, not not the Hot Girl that we know from the comics and shit, but like, that's that's who she is. That's who she is." So, yeah, I had the same problem. Um, for stuff again because of the Earth Two shenanigans, I'm not sure if that's Hot Girl. Like, no, that's totally Hot Girl. But uh, the the thing that threw me off is uh, watching the episode. I was like. God, she can't just be coffee shop girl. She's somebody else. And I couldn't put my finger on why. And then it clicked somewhere probably towards the last five minutes of the episode. Oh, okay. Hot girl. I think it clicked because I tweeted you that might've or texted yeah. you about it. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. I think that is what did it. But, uh, I just, I remember watching the episode and going, you know, gosh, who is that? You know, like, so here's the thing. She really reminds me of, uh, who's that chick that Bryce loves from uh, daredevil Rosario Dawson. Oh, it's not just Bryce. Yeah, I mean, who's that chick that <laughs> most male? I will watch the love? dancing on the roof at movies from Clerks Two. Like, <laughs> I'll just put it on repeat sometimes. The thing that I think of is the the you suck thirty seven dicks. <laughs> like, try not to suck any dicks on your way out of the parking lot. Oh, Clerks. Yeah, go watch Clerks. It's a funny movie. And then Clerks Two for Rosario Dawson. For sure. Um. Yeah. No, I, I strongly leading into Legends of Tomorrow. Um, to your point, I don't think any of the characters that we're going to see in Legends of Tomorrow are going to be Earth 2 doppelgangers. I think every character is going to be the characters that we already know. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, aside from the new guy, because what's his name um, that shows up? Rip, Rip Hunter? Rip Hunter. 
Yeah, and he's, he's a been mentioned. Though. He's been mentioned because he was mentioned in the in the season finale from uh, Flash season one. Because they when they rebuilt the time machine to Wells's specs, he was like Rip Hunter would be proud. Yep. But other than that, we we don't know who he is until Legends Tomorrow. So. Yep. That actually lends a lot of credence to your theory that it's all Earth One um, people, because well, I don't know. Um, I wonder how Wells knew of Jake Garrick. Um. Wells has been around. Good point. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we, the reverse Flash a, Wells, like he he. You think we got a, a multi-dimensional reverse Flash? Like, no doubt. Obviously, he time traveled. I I don't see any other way that he would know Jay Garrick. Yeah. Which is weird, and it and and it kind of is playing against their their own mythos a little bit because Jay Garrick is the Flash of Earth too, but he has no doppelganger on our earth that we know of true um everybody else that we've seen has been like oh you're this you're this earth yeah you know what i mean like well sort of actually um we had linda park we we really only have secondary uh, characters except for wells like the secondary characters there's doppelgangers for that we know of um the um sort of main characters with the exception of wells like we haven't met caitlin from earth 2 we haven't met cisco from earth 2 we haven't met barry from earth 2 and that's we haven't the, met see here's the thing i don't is there a cisco from earth 2 mm. because of the given the nature of his meta ability yeah um we don't know i mean because he could be the same like he just may be present in all those true and, and then caitlin we know at some point caitlin is going to be killer frost but we don't know if it's earth 2 caitlin or if it's the caitlin that we all know and love Ooh, what if Earth 2 Caitlyn is Killer Frost and she kills Earth 1 Caitlyn? And then that's the only Caitlyn we have. Who knows? Yeah. That yeah. would actually make some sense because this Caitlyn I'm having a hard time seeing. I, dude, I don't even see it right now. Like, I, I, I know it's yeah. coming, but I'm just like, but she's so sweet. Yeah. I was like, And oh, she lost her husband twice. That's going to be the one, you know, like when she lost Ronnie the second time, I was like, well, she's going to go out the fucking deep end and try to do some experiment or some shit like that to bring him back. And she's going to turn herself into Killer Frost. Don't get me wrong. That could still happen. And she might still go off the deep end. But this Caitlyn at this point, like I can't like she's just so cute. I want to just pinch her cheeks like, dude, I'm surprised Barry didn't nail her. Yeah, Barry, get on that. Like, <laughs> I mean, just I'm just that's all I'm saying. Drunk Caitlyn. Barry's a much better man than I am. I'm just saying. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's not on board with the date rape train. Yeah, let's not let's not get all rapey like Bryce likes to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for Bryce. Um. So, yeah. Anyway, the that's an interesting facet to the Flash. Earth Two throws a lot of wrenches in the po- possibilities as far as the writing goes, and we got a lot of crazy fan theories from season one too. But I'm really in the dark as far as what they're going to do right now. Me too. I and I'm 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 okay. Being yeah, no, in the dark. I like being in the dark here um the show's new every week and i i dig that like there's there's not been a single episode that's kind of been the same there's been a couple episodes that have been like not necessarily important to the progression of the story but i think every season of a show has that kind of episode and honestly it makes sense because you got some weeks like either the show's not on when there's like holidays or whatnot going on or it's not a stellar show because people are focused on other things yeah, definitely. And I think you can afford to do that sometimes. Um, the one episode that I was disappointed in actually the most was um when 
It was the B episode from season one. I was just going to say the B episode is by far the worst episode of The Flash. And it's stupid because Emily Kenny was the was the bad guy in that episode. And she, like, if you watch The Walking Dead, then you know her as Beth. Um, Beth. And she was one of the most beloved characters on that show. And she was good in it. And she's cute as a goddamn bug's ear. Yeah, she is. It's true. I stole that line from my mom. Thank you. Yep. But she likes Emily Kenny too. No idea what it means. Nope. Um, but she's cute. So yeah it is actually kind of sad because that is for me hands down the worst episode of the flash um yeah. there, for lots of reasons it's monster of the week the, the stupid writing abounds but um because barry can't suck all the bees into a wind tunnel and just get rid of them or yeah, outrun or, them or outrun a fucking bee god damn it barry yeah anyway um he needed ant-man he oh that would have been a hell of a crossover i mean two completely different publishers but yeah. whatever um so let's talk about the force awakens because i don't think how much how much do you think we got to talk about um well we have a couple other things to talk about besides the force awakens so i'm thinking we probably need another beer before we do that i'm down okay <laughs> all right see there are perks to having a wife who doesn't like beer at all uh i know Although the downside is that, like, she won't share my beer, but she also doesn't share my, like, love for beer, so it's one of those, like... Here's the plus side to having a wife that likes beer. I don't ever have to put up with the, what do you mean you spent eight ninety nine on a six-pack? <laughs> yeah, there, there, it probably is better to have the, why did you buy this shitty beer? You know, like... I'm like... Then why did you spend so much on the beer? I'm like, I spent eight ninety nine on a six-pack. She's like, oh, it was on sale? <laughs> nice. <laughs> so um okay so i don't know how much each of these topics are going to take but i think we could probably hit the force awakens really quick because although we remained incredibly incredibly hyped about the force awakens we do have a little bit of news this week yeah we got the international trailer yeah specifically i believe this is the japanese force awakens trailer yeah which i don't know that there's i don't know that they do different trailers for every country i think this is probably the actual international trailer we just happened to have grabbed the japanese cut cut yeah. of it that yeah you're probably right there um which actually um mostly new footage in this trailer like there wasn't a lot of stuff that we'd seen before um yeah that's pretty fair um it, it is it is a completely different trailer from the one that we've seen so far like we get to hear ray talking quite a bit rye ray ray uh yeah i think it's ray i think it's ray um talking to uh the little soccer ball droid yep and um no i like with every new piece of footage that comes out like the one thing that remains incredibly consistent through to me is this is star wars oh like I, god yes i i haven't seen one one piece of footage yet that's told me anything other than that the only thing and this is completely off subject but i want to hit it now before i forget is the imdb page for episode eight is updated and really? i do not see kylo ren on it really so i'm hoping they're not gonna monster the weekend and just have him be see this is one of the unfortunate things and i hope that this is deliberate misdirection on the part of whomever because like luke not being on the poster and you and know see he is confirmed for episode eight as well yeah, sorry guys so. we uh spoil things so if you really want to know absolutely zero about the force awakens stop listening for a little bit um uh you know scan ahead um anyway that said 
I think that Luke not being on the poster for the uh, Force Awakens is sort of deliberate misdirection as far as his importance as a character in the movie. And don't get me wrong, I don't think that means he's necessarily going to occupy a whole ton of screen time. But we wouldn't care if he did. Yeah. And I think that he, whatever role he plays in The Force Awakens is going to be kind of a big deal. So I think that maybe, hopefully, um, I should say, well, I don't know. I don't know. If, it may be too soon to hope that Kylo Ren makes a second appearance because who knows? Maybe he sucks as a character. I don't, I'm not getting that vibe from anything about this movie. Oh, God damn it. Every time his lightsaber lights up, too, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Because it's so dirty. Like, it's just like, it, it, it's, it's so not dirty clean looking like the rest way. of his, like the rest of the lightsabers and stuff. Like, it's. Like it crackles and there's weird waves through it and like it just it looks unsafe. Yeah, I love it every single time I see it. Um, anyway, I would I what I kind of wonder about something like this is if it's deliberate misdirection in the way that like Kevin Spacey wasn't featured on any of the materials for um, Seven. Like they're deliberately trying to leave it a bit of a surprise. That's true. So anyway, I would like to see more things like that because. Um, I hadn't realized that Kevin Spacey wasn't in any of the promo materials for seven. I think he had to fight really hard because there's like some Screen Actors Guild sort of negotiation thing that lists him in the credits or some shit like that. And I think he had to fight really hard to get his name not put at the beginning of the movie because he wanted it to be as much of a surprise as possible. Which I can understand. I mean, although he wasn't that popular of an actor yet. I mean, he was good. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But like he he hadn't hit his stride yet. He wasn't in everything yet at that point. Right. Um. But that movie was so good. Totally. Just in terms of the fact that, like, you don't know who did it until at least halfway through the movie. At at, at least. And and it could be even three quarters. And then just the whole, like, the end scene. Oh, what's in the box? Yeah. You know, that... That's one of the best scenes, I think. Yeah. Um, Probably one of the lines that is repeated most by my beer-drinking friends and myself when we get... Oh, we do the same thing. Yeah. What's in the box? Everything. What's in the box? Every time my wife brings home anything. What's in the box? We get Amazon packages. What's in the box? Anyway. Does she um, ever tell you, California, don't come down here? <laughs> I don't think she does. Um, she's She does recognize that line because she really likes that movie too, but I don't think she's seen it nearly as many times as I have. No. I That, that movie's... It, it, it's not necessarily a movie that you want to watch a whole lot. No, because it loses its its luster after. Like, there's certain movies, and I, I'm going to It's kind of like The Sixth Sense. Like, it's see, brilliant that, the first time you see it, but the second time, all right. And then the third time, it's just like, well, all right, whatever. Yeah. That it's a movie, lot less interesting once you know what's going to happen. Seven's good just in general. It's a good movie. Um, it doesn't require the big twist at the end to be... A good movie. A good movie. Um. Shyamalan's movies tend to be uh, somewhat derivative and only good because of the twist. And so once you know what the twist is, it's not. And and honestly, with uh, Sixth Sense, I, I called it like probably a third into the movie. I was just like, see, he's dead. I missed the first um, four or five minutes when you see Bruce Willis get shot at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So it was a mega fucking twist for me the first time I saw the movie. I can imagine. When I saw the the movie the second time and I saw it in the beginning, I was like, well, how did you fuckers not get that the first time around? Um, likewise, like Shyamalan, um, Unbreakable, actually surprised That's me That's my favorite one more. of his movies. Yeah, it, it, I think Far and Away is his best movie. And coincidentally, also a comic book movie, believe it or not. Um, not derived from comics, but definitely a comic but, book movie. Uh, yeah, specifically like a, like it, it revolves around the 
idea behind a comic book that every hero has a polar opposite. Yeah. So really loved Unbreakable, but but by the time the village came out, I was just like, oh, we know there's a twist, and it's just kind of boring to watch because signs mm, I didn't totally hate. No, but I I but the big twist at the end, which was just you know throw a cup of water on him. That, that part was, pissed me off. That did piss me off. I thought Mel Gibson delivered in that movie as well as uh, Joaquin Phoenix quite a bit. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, that was that was the last of what I would consider watchable yeah. Shyamalan movies. Yeah. Anyway, that's a tangent. So back uh, to The Force Awakens. Back to um, The Force Awakens. We're, we're excited about this movie, not directed by Shyamalan. No. Um, Shyamalan a ding dong. So the Force Awakens. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting about it is that, uh, or that could potentially be interesting about it, like we were just talking about, is that maybe Kylo Ren comes back, and that's just not confirmed yet. Which is the way I'd want them to do it. I would not want to know, especially if they end on some sort of twist or cliffhanger. Um, it would be nice if they did not immediately give you something on the IMDb page that would screw it up. Although IMDb is a completely separate entity, so they would have to try really hard not to leak that shit. Which don't get me wrong, I think they're capable of. But well, and here's the thing: I read another article. But no, okay. I'm not going to lie. I didn't read the article. I saw a headline, and that was that Abrams stated that, um, or at least it made it seem as though Abrams was stating that Episode Seven could be a standalone movie. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to have a second part. Hmm. So this could be a story that's completely... Self-contained. And maybe self-contained, no and Episode Eight might expound on, on it, but it's not going to necessarily lead directly from it. You know... I don't necessarily think that takes away from anything, though, because that that's uh, episode four. Episode four was very much made with the idea of, OK, it'd be great if we got to get to an episode five, but we better make this movie self-contained as much as possible True. because we're, we're probably not going to. Yeah. And that's 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 what's so exciting about this movie. And um, we're we're not going to spend a ton of time probably on this show. um really focusing on on the star wars aspect of things even though eddie and i are huge into the franchise but um, we do have a series of shows that are going to be coming up that are going to be roundtable discussions centered around every star wars movie individually where we can really kind of get into the nitty-gritty of this kind of thing um not gonna lie the first two episodes we probably overuse the phrase jew goblin quite a bit maybe a little but um can you overuse i i you know (laughs) (laughs) um so look forward to that coming up because we have the first two episodes already in the bag and we plan on doing um a couple more within the next couple weeks i ideally we will be releasing one episode per week until the force awakens comes out so look forward to that correct um and then when the force awakens comes out um i think the only way we can really do this correctly uh is we all have our tickets uh eddie and myself and then bryce and his brother sam who also um is doing the roundtable discussions with us are gonna go watch the movie on december 17th and i think if 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 everything falls into place correctly we're all gonna head straight back here and do a roundtable discussion about what we just saw so that you can hear it basically from the mouths of uh four guys that probably are still going to be sporting at least half chub i at least definitely like this it's a good thing that i'll put the warning in front of the movie like if it lasts longer than four hours because we'd all have to go to the doctor first yeah yeah so um look forward to that because we probably have had a little too much fun recording the first two uh, I think we're going to maybe try and rein ourselves in a little bit throughout the next so. ones. Well, let's um, be honest. The first two, the first two are undis- uh, like 
universally reviled as the worst movies of this of the franchise like and honestly we we're gonna we're gonna change up the format i haven't actually talked to any of the guys about this but i'm telling everybody now uh we're gonna change up the format a little bit because the first two movies we kind of just kind of narrated through the whole movie um which is kind of tedious and a little bit um really what i want to do it's a great show though go go listen to it yeah (laughs) no (laughs) what i want to do from episode three uh forward is focus more on what makes those movies what they are and i think it's going to be a little bit easier because episode three while it is one of the prequels and not necessarily the best of any of them it is the watchable of the it is the the most watchable of the prequels and um the least hated of them and so we can kind of take that as a positive and talk about what we liked about it um from a story point of view and not necessarily just be like well in um the opening of act one this is what happens uh which is more of what we did with the other ones and then we in between tore them to pieces because they suck yeah um so anyway we're not talking a whole lot about the trailer go watch the trailer i mean i don't know that i necessarily need to talk a whole lot about the trailer i suppose we could if we really wanted to sit down and dissect every little frame of the trailer because there's a lot of information that can be gleaned from said trailer but just go watch it because i think the biggest thing to take away is just what matt said a few minutes ago which is every single piece of footage that i'm seeing come away from this has me feeling like oh my god they they get star wars like they get what makes this a good franchise this they get what makes this interesting story um just as as much as we we sort of hated the the original trilogy and as much as we were we are sorry not the original sorry the prequel trilogy as much as we shit all over the prequel trilogy in the last two star wars episodes um everything that we see that are wrong about those does not appear to be present in the force awakens thus far so yeah we may be set up to be the most disappointed gentleman ever on december 18th but uh for right now we're riding that hype train high absolutely um um let's move on because we've been talking for a while now longer than i think either one of us thought we were yeah probably um we have a couple more things let's do gotham first because um gotham is a show that well actually we're going to be talking about gotham and shield both of these are shows that eddie and i um didn't give two fucks about uh, especially the first half of either of their first seasons yeah um so we're gonna we're gonna focus on gotham first a little bit um i recommended to eddie a few weeks back maybe a month back or something that he should really focus on getting Gotham taken care of the first season because um, from about midway on, it's actually a really watchable show. Um, and it kind of turned into not, not only being really watchable, but actually being really good. Yeah, I'll agree. Um, first off, it's still not one of my favorite shows, but no. it's I, I've been binging it this week. I'm uh, still a few episodes behind on the um, current season. I've watched the first four of the season was yeah i think that's and there's seven the out well eight because tonight there was a there was a new a new show tonight so we're yeah. we've watched half the episodes i'm either on four or five so we're gonna have to be a little careful if we want to talk about those couple of episodes but i don't really think we need to um yeah let's go back a second so for the first run of gotham we've probably talked about this on the show a little bit but um i very quickly did not care about that show i mean i really tried to like it i really watched the first you know four or five episodes but it was just pretty clear by four or five episodes that I could not care less about that show. And I kind of gave up on it. So yeah. here's here's what's crazy to me. The characters that that stand out to me are... I really like Donal Logue as Harvey Bullock. 
Oh, fantastic. Yes. Um, I dig the dude that plays Gordon. I ben think he does a fantastic. Yeah, I, I think he does a fantastic job as as being a really idealistic, wide-eyed cop. Fun fact: that gentleman actually plays Batman in uh, Batman Year One, the animated version. He was also in the OC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hit anyway. it hard back when I was a rookie. Yeah, I was in the OC. Yeah. But um, so those two characters I really like. Um actually really dig the kid that plays Bruce Wayne. I think he does a fantastic job of, of being like a fucking 10 year old kid whose parents just got murdered in front of him. He was really shaky. Um, the first few episodes that he was in, yeah. but he's, he's gotten nothing but better. I think. No, uh, absolutely. And Alfred for all his being Australian and not, and not English. I really, really thought, um, especially a few episodes in that I was not going to like Alfred, but I fucking love Alfred now. Yeah. Um, also, um, Selena Kyle, that chick is, uh, so here's the thing. I saw her in an interview before I really kind of dived into the show, and she seemed really fucking clueless about the character that she played. Um, but you can't tell that by watching her performance. Like, she does a really good job on screen as, as Selena Kyle. So um, I think that's fair. And what's weird about this is the way they cast things, they really kind of cast people that uh, can bring you back to other incarnations of those characters like this this little girl who's probably 13 14 maybe 15 i don't know how she is uh specifically when i looked it up because i was curious about this exactly too i think she was 14 so she's probably like 15 now but she is such a fucking dead ringer for michelle pfeiffer's catwoman character from uh batman returns it's ridiculous did we talk about this before i don't know if we talked about it before but because i exact same thought like i spent half the episode thinking why 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 do i she seems so familiar i you know like i got a little bit of a um who's the chick that played hit girl in uh that one movie absolutely don't remember kick ass but i don't remember she chloe grace moretz okay she reminded me a little bit that about of her and for a second i thought i was thinking of Claire grace moretz um but no um it's because yeah she's a dead ringer for michelle pfeiffer's uh cat yeah it's it's crazy weird like how how similar they are in terms of like traits and things like that um but just the story uh going into it um actually one of the things that i thought i was going to hate at first and one of the major major characters uh fish mooney oh i did was, hate her was I created specifically she sucked in the early part of the season yeah she was created specifically for um the show she's not a she's not a comic book character in any way shape or form um, and she's also played by Jada Pinkett Smith, who I'm not a huge fan of to begin with. This, um, you know, I, honestly, she was a little rough to watch for me for in, in a few parts. Yeah, um, she. I didn't actually dig her character until she was run out of Gotham in the first season and ended up uh, locked up. Yeah, spoilers. If you guys haven't figured that out by now, come on. Yeah. <laughs> she was locked up on some weird island um, in a body like, farm, basically. Dr. Dolmaker. Dol- Dolmaker. Yeah the doll maker so um didn't like her character until basically once her eyes are two different colors yeah that's fair yeah I mean, what and, and you'll get it if you actually watch the show like you'll, you'll understand why that happens but um after that i really liked her character and then they fucking killed her seemingly seemingly yeah um it was one of those auspicious uh penguin shoved her off of a really high place kind of a things but she no, landed in water, so we don't we don't know. 
I I think it was one of those auspicious like or suspicious um like character quote unquote deaths where they can't decide if they're going to bring back a, a person for the next season type yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and here's the weird thing. I mentioned the cast members that I really liked. The penguin started out as being that guy. Um, oh, definitely. And he's not necessarily that I don't like him, but he definitely doesn't stand out nearly to the point where he did originally. The first, uh, actually, I'll go farther than say the first few episodes. He was like the only reason to watch the show. Yeah. Um, and then he's kind of just he's a piece of the background now, which I think is actually good if you're the penguin character because if you played um, Arkham City, Arkham, yeah, no, I think it's just Arkham City mostly. Like you, you kind of get a feel for the penguin and his his underground kind of the way that he runs crime and and whatnot. Um, he shouldn't be in the forefront necessarily i really liked how he kind of played um maroney and uh uh bu- 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 falcone. falcone against each other why did that i don't know why i lost that but his his piece in the first season was much more important i think than it is now currently where we're where we're watching well i think we're just kind of moving past that storyline penguin was one of the main foils of the first season and i think we're just kind of moving past that being a case don't get me wrong he's still a big big part of this season so far yeah um but now we've got uh, coming into season two. I mean, obviously Jerome is a big focus, and also um, Edward Nigma, who is one of the uh, lab guys at the GCPD. Yeah, the, I think they're kind of the two. Oh, and and the mayor, the or the guy who's running for mayor. Yeah, Gallivan. I think is this season's big bad. Who, if you ever watched Twenty Four, haven't? Sorry, uh, he played a character named Paul Rains, and I don't remember what season it was i think it might have been four or five huh. but uh he he played a character yeah, in that show for for part of a season that's where i know i'm from so um yeah i think the the biggest takeaway from this is if you haven't given gotham a chance or you gave gotham a chance and then gave up on it might return to it um there it, it is still not what i would call a great show to me, the thing that always looms in the background a little bit is, God, I, I just wish Batman would show up and just deal with these fuckers. Well, here's the thing. And uh, the reason that I that I kind of went to you and was like, hey, you should give the show a chance is because by episode 11 or 12, I don't remember exactly what it is, we get a new character, um, which is their new ME, medical examiner for the GCPD. Miranda Bacaran, otherwise known as one of the hottest women ever. If you're a brown coat, you know her as Inara. Yep. One of the, well, not one of, the hottest companion in the verse correct so it so anyway firefly fans firefly fans it's worth it to watch it just for that she plays a completely different character but she's amazing she's really good at it and that's actually like her character kind of re-energized that show for me and then got me through season one which by the end of season one like the last like four episodes actually you know one of my pet theories is that she is such a perfect character at this point like she's so supporting lovey-dovey just the absolute perfect you know like you know jim gordon who's uh so far already showing that he's kind of closed off emotionally and so on and so forth she's such a perfect character for him and she has no real faults or flaws that you can see in the show that i almost think that that's just kind of a face and she's going to turn out to be some other you know sort of crazy like she's rob Lugle's daughter or something yeah <laughs> something like that <laughs> something like i don't know if that's going to be the thing but it, it does seem like there's a potential that she's going to turn out fucked up for some reason or another um which is one of the things i want to talk about and this is a pretty big spoiler if you're not caught up on the recent i'd say last you know seven eight nine season or episodes 
Barbara Gordon. Fucking batshit crazy. Right? Uh, she really, re- like, I was getting some major Harley vibes. Um, uh, yeah, that's actually toward the end of season one. I think when she first, she gets arrested, right? In season yeah. one. Is that when that is? Or is it the big beginning of season two? I don't remember. It's like in the end of season one. Um, she tries to kind of kill Lee, which is uh, Marina Picard's character, uh, a little bit. She tries to kill her probably more than is strictly speaking polite. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, generally not socially acceptable. Usually, especially now when she's your therapist uh, and you right. asked her to be. Um, should have been a red flag there, though. Yeah. This is a psychology lady. Anyway, uh, she she goes to jail. She Well, Arkham. She goes to Arkham. Um, and she at this point seems rather unredeemable. And don't Barbara and Jim get married in most incarnations? Of... No, Barbara Gordon is Jim's daughter. Oh, Batgirl. Who does he marry? Um, you sure? Let's let's find that out because I don't think so. But I mean, I know Barbara's Jim's daughter. It'd be an interesting namesake for sure at this point. Um, you know the problem with looking up people on wikipedia is most of the time when you look up a person on wikipedia you can find out the personal information but when it's a comic book character they really only <laughs> want to tell you who like created the character and yeah like no we need their backstory please yeah um so anyway uh she's totally batshit crazy you know what's you know what's a little weird about this is like she's not been hotter in the show until she got totally crazy right yeah uh, yeah it um i don't know maybe that says something something about our psychology but she's totally nuts uh but totally hot um but anyway she has an interesting arc i think um leading up to that so so jim gordon married sarah essen yeah but in some carnations uh or incarnations she cheated on or he cheated on his wife with sarah essen like, I know that's a storyline in year one, at least. Yeah, but... He obviously does not, not marry Sarah Essen. Barbara his... Eileen Gordon? Gordon's ex-wife. Yeah. Okay. See, that's an... Anyway, I don't think they're getting back together. Stories later retconned and revealed that she's not dead. But instead, they're divorced. And she's living in Chicago <laughs> with Jim Gordon Jr. <laughs> so, anyway, there's there's a lot of different ways to go um, with it. Uh, I, I'm not sure... Okay. This is actually one of the things that I like, though, is that they're not a little they're not afraid to get away from the hard canon, so to speak of. Yeah. Here's the thing. I kind of hope they're not going Harley Quinn with her. No. Although it really seems like that is the case sometimes, especially given her relationship to Jerome. Yeah. Cause she really looks up to that kid for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think she's just attracted to crazy. It could be. Um, should we talk about Jerome? Should we? How far are you? Uh, he's dead. Okay. I'm that happens in, like, I think, episode two or three. Spoilers. <laughs> Seemingly dead. Um, so Jerome is... He is stabbed in the neck like eight times. He'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Jerome is a kid that um, we were kind of groomed to believe was going to be the Joker at some point in his future. Which um, I thought that maybe they were changing their mind after the first season because every bit of press that I read in the first season was very much, you won't see the Joker in this show. Um, the Joker cannot exist without Batman. Um, that's a fairly popular uh, um, sort of 
story in the mythos, uh, you cannot see the Joker without Batman because the the Joker only really exists because of Batman. Right. If not direct, if not directly in all of the different, you know, lines of canon. Yeah. So, yeah, when I saw Jerome and I saw how fucking spot on he was in some places for the Joker, almost to the point of being derivative, uh, um, I was really thinking that they decided to change their mind and maybe like they were like, we need more ratings. So we're going to bring in this big character um, and go from there. But and, and here's the thing, folks. It's not that he's spot on to any one Joker character like the guy channels a lot like you see a little bit of jack nicholson in him you see a lot actually of caesar romero who played the joker in the original batman uh tv show yeah um yeah Yeah. um and and you see more than anything else there's a lot of heath ledger in there and the, the heath ledger almost turned me off from the character in fact i was texting eddie about this the other night and just like it it really like I'm super protective over the Heath Ledger Joker because number one, I don't think anybody was really on board with him being the Joker when he was first announced as being cast, self included, as the Joker. But then when we all saw what he did, um, and and this gets overshadowed by the fact that he died before the film was released, and so there was a lot of of unnecessary hype over it. Um, but the Joker character that he played was bar none the like it he was the flag bearer after that of what you should be. I don't get me wrong. Um, of the main jokers that we've seen on the screen in some form or another, Hamill is one that definitely comes to mind. Um, Hamill is the voice of the Joker. I hear in my head. Uh, I will we've never talked take about that away that from in, Hamill. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that a million times. I think on the show, um, Nicholson, actually Nicholson even was a fantastic Joker. I really liked his performance on the screen too. See, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on that train anymore. Like I kind of was at first, but then like the more Nicholson movies I've seen over the years, he didn't play a character. Like (laughs) here's the thing. Ledger's Joker just kind of destroyed that for me. Like Ledger's Joker is that good. Um, and it is a different take on the character, especially if you're not really familiar with the Batman comics, especially, uh, um, some of the darker of the Batman comics. Um, the killing joke is the one that springs to mind. Um, dark Knight returns even a little bit. Uh, there, there's a very dark Joker that looms in some of the storylines. And that's kind of the Joker we got in this particular incarnation, which is a very different Joker than the one we'd seen on screen he- up to this point. And and I think probably what really sets the tone for that too is the line of dialogue that I, I think Alfred has that that dialogue where he talks about some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, like and that really is that character. Like he, like you can look at him, and you know he doesn't give a fuck about the money. Yeah, you know the thing he it, doesn't give a fuck about anything other than just creating chaos. The thing that fucks this up even worse, the thing that makes this this um, incarnation of the Joker probably one that's going to go down as basically being legendary, is that Ledger died, and they basically disavet like they decided that out of respect they weren't going to mention him at all anymore in the Dark Knight trilogy. Which means that's all you ever see. I I presume at some point we would have gotten not a backstory as in. This guy's name was Frank Johnson and he was a soldier and he got bombed by an ID or some shit like that. But I assume we would have gotten some more hints into the motivations of the Joker 
and that can never happen now. So now the Joker is just fucking batshit crazy, just driven by chaos and, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it, to me, it only adds to the thing. I mean, it's unfortunate that Ledger had to die for that to happen, but... Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure that either one of us ever gone into this much detail about the Joker before, but that's probably one of the leading reasons why both of us look so poorly on the Leto Joker character that's that's coming up in Suicide Squad. Um, aside from the fact that he just visually looks like a piece of shit, <laughs> he he looks a little bit too much like a Juggalo to me. Yeah. Oh fuck yes. Like. Um, and, and he looks he looks like he's not railing against society and isn't all about the chaos and shit like that. He looks like he just got his mommy's credit card and he got I, grounded or something. I, 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 I feel confident in saying that neither Eddie or myself are, um, quote, down with the clown. Right. So, yeah, the, the whole juggalo thing, um, it bothers me quite a bit. But but more than that, like it just. This is the reason why the Suicide Squad movie doesn't have me more excited, and that is because this version of the Joker, if in fact it is really supposed to be the Joker and it isn't one of these fan theories that we've talked about, it just seems like a big slap in the face after what we saw Heath Ledger do with the character. See, I think that the only way to go with this incarnation of the Joker, especially given Heath Ledger's performance, is to go in a completely different direction. They just went in the way wrongest fucking direction you could have gone. Like, if I were going to do it, I would have gone with a very straight-laced, cerebral Joker. Um, don't get me wrong, he would still would have been totally fucked up, but I would have gone the opposite direction. Like, Heath Ledger's Joker looks homeless. Heath Ledger's Joker looks like he found some paint, or he, like he's just using store-bought fucking acrylic paint or something like that on his face. Um, and that's not the direction I would have gone with the um i would have gone more like with a um as far as looks go like a killing joke inspired joker like go google that cosplay of that dude that did the killing joke cosplay um because that's probably what i would have gone with i would have gone with a clean cut joker in a ridiculous looking purple suit that was totally trim and cut you know like um it, the juggalo joker just does not work no, for me even a little bit it's so dumb it is it, like and I really, really want to be wrong. Please, I hope that in you know ten or twenty episodes, we're talking back about this, like about how fucking wrong we were. But well, and again, I really have a hard time believing that's going to be the case. And we've talked about this ad nauseum too. Like, it's really all about Harley Quinn in this movie for us. Um, I although I don't think Will Smith is going to be terrible as as Deadshot. Agreed. Uh, but Margot Robbie, so far from any of the footage that we've seen, like stills, because we haven't actually seen a trailer or anything yet, right? Have we? We no, we have. We have yeah, seen a trailer. We got a trailer. We got the Comic Con. We got the awful uh, um, telling us everything, you know, show it, don't tell it, or tell it, don't show it sort of voiceover from uh, Waller. Yeah, that's right. Margot Robbie seems like she's she's kind of stealing the show with this one. And, and, and honestly, I hope that's the way it goes. Yeah. But, um, I'm just not. Leto's a good actor. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I just don't fucking like what I've seen so far of the Joker. See, that's what bothers me even more is that Leto, I think, would lend much better um, uh, to the the type of Joker that I'm envisioning versus what we're getting on screen. I agree. Like, he just, he, um, you know, something about Leto's eyes, like, it screamed to me that he could play crazy well. Like, it, it, it... It's like Affleck playing Daredevil. 
Right. It's not that Affleck couldn't have played a a, a good Matt Murdock. It's that he was handed a shitty fucking script for yeah. the movie that he was he was signed on to do. When every other piece of the vision is shit, like what else what do you want to yeah. what do you expect? Yeah. So I just I don't know. I do I want to see the Ben Affleck Batman go up against the the Jared Leto Joker that we've seen so far? Fuck no. Because no. I think he'd wipe his ass with him. Oh yeah. I mean it, it doesn't even look like it would be a contest at this point. Like and again, we're just talking about looks here. But it doesn't fit to me at all. Yeah. So but that's just because this this Joker doesn't fit anywhere in the Batman mythos to me at all. Looking at it, he he looks like just spends too much time on hot topic to be like concerned with uh the level of destruction needed to even phase Batman. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know how we got from Gotham to here. Well, it's still Batman related. We're close enough. I think we're talking about Jerome. This is the least off topic we've ever gone, I think. Yeah, you could be right. Uh, yeah, but, so we're talking about Jerome. So Jerome, um, Jerome met his untimely demise um, at a fundraiser or some shit, where he got yeah. stabbed in the neck by Galavan, Galavan, who's obviously using him as a pawn. Yeah, yeah, because I think one of the first things he said to him when he got stabbed was, "This isn't what. This isn't how it was supposed to go down," or something like that. Yeah, actually, this is one of the things that I loved and hated about this episode was the sort of the father of Jerome is a blind guy who is uh, um, a carny. carny. He's supposed to be prophetic, which is probably an act. But he said something like, you'll be a curse on this city and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the episode, it's revealed that the curse is basically the Joker's laugh. Uh, um, So Jerome has a very Joker inspired laugh or set of laughs. And that's where we're talking about it being a bit of an homage to other characters we actually saw this character the blind guy he showed up in season one to help solve a case or something like that i i think and uh neither jim nor bullock really wanted to give him much credence but i, I remember that was that the one with jerome and we find out he killed his mom it might have been I it might have been that, was, yeah. that particular episode but but anyway i kind of hated that part because the joker is his own thing like like the, the he, I don't think the Joker, the Joker proper was ever inspired by some you know piece of shit guy who killed the Gotham, you know a couple of Gotham cops. Um, I want him to be his own separate, you know, like completely out of the woodworks on his own, crazy. Yeah, I I think one of the most recent episodes that I watched of Gotham was one where they kind of talked in more detail about the relationship between the Galavans and the Bruces. And some of the other members of high society back in, yep. in younger Gotham days. And it really kind of had a, a Court of Owl feels you know, feel to me. Oh, definitely. Um, so I kind of hope they they do a little bit with the Court of Owls. That would be kind of cool to, to see some of that show up. Which, if you guys haven't read it, um, when DC oh. re- rebooted with the New 52 after Flashpoint a few years back... Uh, the first major storyline that took place across all the different Batman titles was the Court of Owls, and it talked about a, 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 a several members of of high society Gotham um, dating back several generations that uh, basically use these um, mercenaries, I guess you would you call them, um, called Talons, to uh, carry out their their will. Um, the Court of Owls is actually, if you're going to read a new Fifty Two Batman story. Um, that's the one I'd recommend. The Court of Owls is really good. It is. Uh, it's super good, and and you you find out a lot more about Bruce Wayne's family too. Yeah, 
Um, actually, I just got done reading. I read The Court of Owls not too long ago, and I just got done reading. Um, it's not Death in the Family. Death of the Family. Death of the Family. That was a really good Batman story, too, from uh, New 52. It was. I like Death of the Family. So um, we've gone on a long time already. Let's talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. I want to actually, I wanted to talk more about S.H.I.E.L.D. than I did anything else because I'm actually completely caught up on it. Yeah. All right. So um, the same thing that I said about Gotham is very true about S.H.I.E.L.D. If you gave up on S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first 15 episodes, please go back and watch it because S.H.I.E.L.D. actually gets really, really good. And it's not quite, again, where Gotham falls, not quite a must watch for me. It is definitely on my, like, I'm going to not be more than a week or two behind. Here's, Here's the thing about S.H.I.E.L.D. I really wanted to watch it when it first came out. I think we all did because oh, it was, yeah, yeah, we definitely. knew it was about Coulson and Coulson was dead. So how is Coulson not dead? But then we, we meet this new team and none of them are particularly spectacular when it comes to a lot or of even things. Interesting. It's in just a cases. group of weird, not, not even weird, just ordinary people, basically like scientists, secret agent people. Um, It got good to me though. I, I stuck with it. I didn't. Okay. That's a lie. I didn't stick with it. I watched none of it after the first two episodes until I watched um, Captain America Winter Soldier, which we talked about already quite a bit. But uh, I went back and watched S.H.I.E.L.D. because obviously one of the things that we see in Captain America Winter Soldier is S.H.I.E.L.D. falling apart. Uh, Most of S.H.I.E.L.D. was exposed as having been Hydra this, that, and the other thing. So I went back and watched S.H.I.E.L.D. because I wanted to see what ramifications that had on the show because I knew that this that the series was connected with the MCU and whatnot. So I went back and watched it. And actually, that show still isn't that good clear up until you get to that point. Oh, no. Um, for me, um, I don't think I was as far behind as you. I think I was watching S.H.I.E.L.D. Or I was caught up enough on S.H.I.E.L.D. Where I, by the time I'd seen Winter Soldier, which was in the theater run. Um, that I got to watch the events almost concurrently or very close. Um, but yeah, that show did not become good to me until that happened. Yeah. Like and every, every, up until that point, it was very monster of the week. Very, you know, I don't know, just kind of a boring show. So anyway, if you, if you gave up on the show by that point, I don't blame you. Maybe go back and pick up a few episodes before that, uh, uh before that event. And then, um, go to town after that because it gets progressively better as time goes on. And and here's the thing, I want to I want to come to Eddie's defense preemptively here a little bit because you may I have did. heard him talk about Star Trek previously and talk about how the monster of the week kind of thing felt a little bit better to him for a Star Trek format. And that's coming from from the point of view that when you're in a Star Trek type format, you're in a ship and you're going from planet to planet and seeking out new life and new civilizations. So they don't have to be serialized at that point. Like it's, it's one story and you're wrapped up within that episode. And then you move on to a new story in the next episode with a show like shield. You don't want a monster of the week episode because it is tied in directly with the movies that are big blockbuster movies that we go and see. So you want a story that's cohesive with those. And that actually gets part of its continuity from those movies and moves on from there. See, now that's valid, but I also, um, Quite honestly, the the thing about the Star Trek episodes that were Monster of the Weeky were that they were good. Yeah. Like the that the Shield ones aren't that's just not true to me. Like the Monster of the Week Shield episodes just aren't good. Like To um, me, the best Star Trek episodes for Next Generation and off topic again, but who cares because it's our show and we can do what we want. Yep. The best it episodes is called whatever, folks. We can do whatever we want. Were 
some of the two-part episodes. Chain of Command. Chain of Command Command was really fucking good. There are four lights. That's yep. all you need to know. Yep. Um, that I episode... seriously, actually, can we pause for a second? If you have not seen that episode, if you've seen nothing else on Star Trek The Next Generation, you can go watch Chain of Command right now. It's you'll, on Netflix. You'll be in there in like five seconds, and you'll probably want to binge watch the rest of the series. No joke. Chain of Command was such a good episode, and it's it's Picard, Patrick Stewart, who plays John Luke Picard, one of the better stage actors of his time, and and transitioned over to film and TV. Just, I mean, it's ridiculous how good he is. But Ch- Chain of Command, there's a few different episodes that stand out in my mind. Um, that it was just like, you know what? We've got Patrick Stewart. Why don't we let him act some? Yeah. And that was one of them. And the other one is, uh, um, I want to say it's called the inner light. The one where, yeah, gets inner light was awesome. Yeah. Where like the probe, it yep. probes his mind and he, he wakes up in this weird. Yep. Yep. That's the one. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he so gets anyway, old. That, that's a digression. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so that, that was just me talking, talking the difference between episodic monster of the week type episodes, uh, versus a serialized, um, TV show. And with, with shield, I think you really do need to be somewhat serialized. You can, you have a little bit of opportunity to be monster of the weeky, depending on what you need to do. See, I think you can be episodic, but you have to tell interesting stories. If you're going to be episodic like that, like the inner light is an interesting story to me and it's self-contained. It's one episode. It only comes up a little bit ever again. Again, though, Star Trek. It's not... Well, I mean, there is a different format here, but the the biggest point about that is it's a good fucking story. Like, it's just a good story. It's told well. Like, it doesn't need any more. It doesn't need any less. Like, you don't necessarily have to be serial. Um, but if you're going to be an episodic, self-contained sort of format, you got to tell good stories. And I, I don't think the first half of S.H.I.E.L.D. did that. Yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't at all. Um, one of the... One of the big plus points that um uh, that season one shield has is during the captain america winter soldier storyline or immediately following it you actually get a guest appearance uh you get a couple you get uh uh kobe smolders yeah she shows up uh agent hill and then um for the series i think it was a series finale uh or season finale of season one you get um sam jackson shows up uh so you get nick fury in the in the end so those are some of the big pluses. So if, if you really, if you're a continuity freak and you have to watch everything and get the backstory and whatnot, uh, you kind of have to watch shield, even though it's painful sometimes season two, after the end of season one, I was really, really stoked about watching season two. And then season two kind of tanked again for the first five, six episodes, at least, at least to me. I mean, I just, it, it, it became uninteresting again, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the addition of um, Patton Oswald mm-hmm. and, and and the characters that he plays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, but ultimately, I mean, that's kind of the the bright shining moment of of the first few episodes of season two. Um, but then very quickly, well, not quickly, maybe halfway through. About halfway through, we really start to focus on the Inhuman yeah. storyline, which. Um, we see, uh, uh, Daisy sky sky, the characters, we know where his sky at this point. Yeah. Um, we see her story really, really start to open up though. Um, about midway through with the inhuman storyline and, and 
the relationship between her and her estranged father, um, the relationship between her and Ward from the first season, who is now we know as a bad guy because he was a sh- uh, Hydra double agent. See, that is one of the twists I really like because Grant Grant Ward, the actor that plays him, very much looks like a, a baby face. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the Inhuman storyline is where it really picks up for me and so far has not let up yep since then um so again if you were like eddie and i and you didn't really care about the show that much go back give it a watch and give yourself an opportunity to get into the end of season one and then midway through season two um and it and again like he said before it's now the show that i'm just like okay it's tuesday obviously i'm gonna watch the flash but then my next focus is if I can get to it before Wednesday night, yeah, I'm going to watch shield. Definitely. So it, it's a watch on week one for me, which is a, um, you know, I don't watch a lot of TV. So I, I think that's a, you know, I, I guess the best compliment I can give the show now. Um, yeah. If you're behind, if you haven't watched the show in a while, I don't necessarily think it's something you need to go out and binge watch to get caught up on, but it's one of those, like, especially some of the earlier episodes, put it on the background or something like that. And then, um, you know, do, do, you know, cross stitch or whatever it is people do these days and uh watch it and get caught up because now i think it's really coming into its own it's super good now um and then i think finally to kind of wrap up in terms of weekly shows and things like that i I gotta give special props to uh tom cavanaugh and and um paul blackthorne yeah because again, like we talked about Paul Blackthorne last week and his is just deciding that all of a sudden in these last few shows that he's going to fucking act his ass off. He did it again this last week. True story. Um, and then and Kavanaugh did as well. So uh, from uh, Flash, Dr. Wells. Yeah. Kavanaugh is actually an interesting one for me because um, he essentially plays two different characters. He was pretty established. Three different too, characters. Was he not? Kavanaugh? Yeah. Um, before. He had that show Ed, I think. Was he an Ed? Yeah, he was He was Ed. Yeah. And then, of course, he was in Scrubs, and I'm sure he's been in other things since, but uh, those are the things that I remember. Yeah, he's he's really good. Yeah, I really like him. I forgot about Ed almost but completely. I still have a hard time not seeing him and going, hey, little brother. <laughs> Apparently, he was also in The Following. All right. I don't think I've seen that. Uh, it's uh, The Following that's uh, Captain Bacon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know what that is, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched the first season. I, didn't, I did not watch the second season. He's in Royal Pains, too, apparently. Seven episodes. And then Scrubs, seven episodes. So, anyway, yeah. Lots of good acting this yeah. in, in TV this week. Um, we went long this week. I'm sure some of this will get taken out in post. <laughs> at least three and a half minutes. At least when we went and got beer and whatnot um anything else we need to touch upon before no i i think i think that's the show for this week see this is one of those things you you were like we don't have anything in the show notes this week and then we talked for three hours yeah um all right uh questions at whatever.co follow us at whatever show on twitter or facebook is 
Facebook.com slash whatever we show. Yeah. You can um, like our page. Uh, and again, as always, if you want to help out the show and you don't want to spend any money on it, go to iTunes, please, and rate us. You can rate us on iTunes. It costs you nothing except for a couple of minutes of your time. And if you've spent three hours listening to this show right now. You've got time. You've got time to go rate us. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you might be like one of those people that's just like a glutton for punishment. Maybe you're a masochist. You, you don't want to rate us even harder. And then we'll keep making shows and you can listen to this and it'll hurt you more. Yeah, and see, seriously, if you're listening to us for two and a half, three hours, spend part of that time and go to iTunes and rate the show. And even if it's the type, I don't know why the fuck I'm doing this to myself. Yeah. Did I deserve this? No, but I did it over and over again. Maybe you did deserve it. Maybe you cheated on your wife last night and listening to us is your fucking Penance, personal yeah. hell. I don't know. That would be kind of cool to be the soundtrack for hell. Yeah. All right. I'd be all right with it. anyway everybody thank you for listening uh go write us on itunes follow us on facebook or something like that um share us with your friends uh have a good week later jesus christ that's not working at all now what are you doing i don't know i'm trying to click stop but it was